everybody. I'm Chad Eckert, and that's Josh Bennett. That's Eric Martins. Cecil's not here. Yeah, we're in a weird order here. Oh yeah, Let's, there we go. Put me over. Put yeah, me over you got to be on the first seat. Yeah, yeah there we go. Okay, that's first chair. All right, we're live on YouTube, and this is uh, the Golf Guys program each and every Thursday, cracking beers. Thursdays, guys. Should we look at? Uh, I was going to do this live and. For fun, just to see, did anyone watch last week? Let's check the pod bean mm-hmm. <laughs> because we did Thursdays. Is that a stupid idea, Jish? No, I think this is more fun. Oh my gosh, people why actually sh- watched. Why shouldn't we do Thursdays? People actually watched it, guys, almost as much as they watched the RBC Heritage. If that tells you anything. <laughs> Did someone no. just pop in here? Is it Darbo? The Darbo. He's a, he's a golf guy. Cheer. Hey, guys. What up, man? Okay, Cecil's not here yet. He's playing golf or doing something on the golf course. But that doesn't matter. We don't need him. Thirsty's Thursday. That's right. Thursday's forever, possibly. Uh, not touts. Not experts. Just guys. Enjoying it. Drinking. If you want to join, hit us up on Twitter. Fantasy Golf Pod. DM us, right? We'll just send you a link. Get right in here. Yeah. Oh, shit. I was supposed to send someone a link to get in here. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that, and then I, uh, then I forgot. I've, Sorry, I've been playing been playing some video games since. Oh, since boy. Then. I've had a big day, a long day, an annoying day. I'm a real estate agent, and it's, I, that's you know, plus I'm selling my house. So you'll see on Twitter I'm standing tonight. I ditched my desk in Bloomington Dump Day, which is a thing. Uh, where you can just throw anything on your lawn pretty much to to a degree and they'll just come by and they'll grab it or other people scavengers will come by and pick it up so it's a great day for a mover trying to get rid of stuff nice so that's great timing for you brilliant oh couldn't have like perfect timing but now i got a cut i got maybe two pods left where i gotta be standing (laughs) otherwise uh and then i ditched my bed frame too so we're like sleeping like we're in college on the floor nice But whatever, we're going bigger and better places. You'll see that the first pod, I believe, is the PGA Championship of my new office. Ooh. So that's kind of cool. I looked it up. I might be. We'll get to talk about Tiger. And then we can talk about Tiger. He's at Southern Hills today. That was something. We're going to discuss golf topics for the most part this summer. Darbo, we've played golf together. Have we all played together at some point? I haven't played with Martins yet. We'll get up to Geneva. We'll play some golf. We're golf guys. We play golf. It's not quite. Warm enough. Josh plays in this crappy weather, but uh, we, we, you know, the summer, we're going to play a lot of golf and we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about what we're going to do that upcoming weekend. Potentially. Uh, we're going to talk about how we're, what parts of our game we're working on uh, a little more of a golf related topic theme, like this um, life and gripes thing. Like that's not the forever pod of the golf guys. We're just doing this because it's kind of, we're, you know, we're in a lull. These tournaments kind of stink. Fields are a little weak. Plus, it's Mother's Day coming up. It's Father's Day coming up. I got an anniversary coming up. Martin's anniversary was just a minute ago. Cecil's is next week. So it's kind of in that season of talking about who we are and what we're up to. So this is an open bar. We're going to do that. If you want to get in on the conversation, get in on the conversation. Um, But before we get started in that conversation, your sack needs to be shaved before Mother's Day. Potentially, I don't know. Does do mothers care about that stuff? Uh, oh, here comes our guest. We'll ask him. Shmaki, as you get settled in, look at you. Are you a manscaped man? 
<laughs> yes, sir. Mm-hmm. All over the place. <laughs> barely. Okay, so you barely need this stuff. But whatever, welcome to the program. What we're talking about Manscaped is the uh, – it offers Performance Package 4.0. This is uh, something you really need, Schmacky. It's a tool. will keep your boys looking good, smelling good, like fresh tulips that your partner wants on Mother's Day. <laughs> To start off your spring cleaning, use the Manscaped lawnmower. We've used that, have we not, Martin? Wasn't that the original product? The original project product to shave your hedges. And uh, <laughs> Josh, it's waterproof. You can use that thing in the shower. No need to worry about sure water. Can. I haven't tried it. Do you have it? Hmm. Not, not in the shower, no. Dude, you can use it in the dark. It's got a light on it. This little bar. I've done thing. that. Maybe I'll, maybe light I'll work. have to. Uh... It's bright. It's oh, pretty maybe bright. I can do a second one. I can uh, use it on my hair. My hair. I don't know. Can you use it on your hair? Probably do. You can use it there. You probably you can. can. Uh, oh, and then there's this thing you can clean your nose and your ears with. That's Golf Guys 20. No one cares about the promo. Do we even care? I mean, oh, we have the product. It's a great product. I, I like it the product. Um, I mean, we talked about being single last week, Darbo, and you have to clean yourself up in order to get a date. So maybe you want to become a Manscaped man, Eric Darbo, and go to manscaped.com and get 20% off and free shipping with Manscaped's uh, promo code GOLFGUYS20. GOLFGUYS20, Schmocky, welcome. Schmocky. What's going on, man? How are you? Dude, you just told me you were, like, getting married for another for a second time. Is that what you said? Uh, I just got remarried uh, January 1st, actually. Congrats. Thank you. So you're like, that's great. That's good perspective because we'll, we'll rely on a little bit of your experience. Yeah, the next hour, less than hour. We're talking about preparing to get married because last week we were single and we were kind of miserable, but we did love it because you could do whatever you want. But we do want to get to the point of getting to the next stage with a woman or a man or whatever you like to do. And that, you know, starts with an engagement, popping the question. Ah, that's what I meant to do. Let's talk about our engagement stories real quick. Uh, Josh, you, were you the most recently married? Well, I guess Schmacky, you're the, you're the most recently married January 1st. So how'd you do it? How'd you yes. pop the question the second time? Did you even care that time? Or you're just like, you're on the couch <laughs> together. You just throw it <laughs> at her. You're like, you've been begging for this or she bought it for herself. Probably. No, no. Um, I would say, we were out at dinner one, one night, you know, we, she kind of joked around about it a little bit, uh, that she would, she would get married to me. I mean, we, we both are remarried now, but we both, when we first met, we're like, there's no way we'd ever get married again. And then it just kind of grew to that. So, I mean, I hadn't like planned it like for weeks or anything like that, but it was just how I felt. And, uh, after dinner, I took her to this one spot where you can see Philadelphia from really far away. And um, just ask with the question. Wow, that's cool. I got a question here. Yeah, speaking of questions, you said you're you're both remarried to, together mm-hmm. now. Is that? And you might be the only one that knows this, but I'm just thinking about this in my head because my parents both were divorced and met each other. Is that are divorced people like attracted to each other? Do you think? <laughs> that's a good question. Is that a thing? Uh, I, I think it it's very hard to find another partner that would be single and not married that would be attracted to someone. Do you think, or, uh, or find themselves in a relationship with someone? Yeah. The who, odds uh, are just that you are, you would. Yeah. I mean, right. a, a lot of people like, you know, if you don't have kids, you really aren't looking for someone that has kids. So, and then, 
I don't know if you're an uh, an older man or woman that hasn't been <laughs> married before or had kids. You know why? You know people ask that question. <laughs> do you think? Uh, so do you think if Darbo is a newly divorced guy and he's on all these dating apps, do you think when he talks to these ladies and he's like, "Oh yeah, by the way, I'm recently divorced," do you think that they're like, "Ooh, I think I'm gonna stop talking to you now"? So maybe that's part of it that ladies get a little turned off by that. I mean, everyone has their story. Um, For sure. Wait, is, this, so wait, so is someone here recently divorced or someone you no, know? No, no, no. I just made it up. Darbo, oh, Darbo yeah. was hot on the dating scene before his first marriage. Okay. Yeah. I mean, after the, when I got first got married, these dating apps really weren't around. Um, and then after my first marriage, like I was on them like crazy. Mm. And, you know, everyone, everyone is pretty much the, divorced and depending on the age group but usually if you're looking for someone around your age i'm 37 so Same. they've all been married once yeah so you're swimming with those fish that's the fish you're swimming with yeah you guys uh should i share you something uh it's kind of fun look at this okay this video exists online this is me <laughs> i recorded Holy myself shit. uh i what recorded myself here? getting engaged or whatever but here's the story okay do you see me like acting like what's going on here my wife pulls up to the house that we lived at as i have these candles going in the background and all this stuff prepared and i've been waiting there waiting there sweating that's a lot of she she, it's like uh you know summer days june or something she like opens her car door and i'm like getting ready and then all of a sudden nothing happens and she's on the phone with her friend for <laughs> literally 40 minutes to the point where it was like 90 degrees in my house because these candles had been going and it was middle of summer. <laughs> so I'm talking to the camera. I, it, it is, I'm no joke. I don't think it was 40 minutes. I think it was literally 14 minutes. So then here's me like, where the hell were you? And she's like, are you kidding me? You were in here with these candles this whole time. And I'm wearing a long sleeve shirt to try to be That's proper. not tucked in. Yeah. Well, I, don't, well, I guess I did forgot to tuck it in. And shorts. And then I, of course, have a note here and I'm talking about, you know, how I love you and where we met and these flowers represent each of those moments of my life. And uh, I, you know, I'm pretty nervous, obviously. I'm not even reading this note that I have. I guess I have a note. Uh, it must have said, you know, in case I forgot what these flowers meant. It was like, and then, yeah, here it goes, boys. You know, you got to get on down on one knee. You got to ditch the note, get down on one knee. You got to ask her. She's so happy. And you got to go. Who the hell were you on the phone with? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna kill her. And then so yeah, her best friend. I'm like sweating in there. So yeah, here's that was me getting engaged. Dip and then I get to get a dip in. Boom. Oh yeah, nice. Her, you know, for her mom or whatever. So there <laughs> nice. we go. So that's athletic, that's an athletic move right there. Yeah, isn't that great? You like that? Very nice. That's yeah, for the YouTube viewers. If you're uh, following us on iTunes or whatever, you gotta get over to YouTube chat, to check that out. Or go to Vimeo. Try to Google that. Vimeo. Vimeo. That's where that is, Vimeo. I don't know. Was that a site at one point? Seven it still years is ago? a I think site. It's still a site. Yep. But that was my deal. Martin's was a groomsman in my wedding. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, we were we were all pals. Uh, choosing a ring, picking out a venue, doing all the stuff after that. You know, you got to do a lot of stuff. You got to uh, figure out where you're going to get married. It's fun. Sometimes you do it on a golf course. That's cool. You got to decide DJ or band. You got to figure out. You know, then where you're going on your honeymoon. There's a lot of responsibilities that go into this stuff. It's crazy. Shmaki, how much did you have to do oh the second time around? Uh, I would say for the second time around, for us, it was very quick from the time I asked her. So it was like about a month later that we got married. Yep. Um, oh, wow. 
Right, honey? Yeah. Two. <laughs> we should put her on. She knows, she knows the exact dates. Yeah, I I have to write it down because I won't remember all everything. But yeah, um, good point. You're old. Now. We, I do it we, too. Don't worry. Okay, we had cool. a uh, uh, just a small wedding at her house, and um, oh, so you dubbed it down. You doubled because you know it's not worth the money to do all that yeah, stuff. It's, you it's not, dude. It was seriously so much fun and so much better to have the house wedding. Less, yeah, less is. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, let, let's you know people are probably sick of the stories or whatever. Maybe they don't care about us personally. So the, let's talk about the golfers out on tour that get engaged. Now, does that help them? I think it might help them. There's like a relief, you know. You feel like this thing's with me, and I got this ring, and I'm important. Or they have, I don't know. Maybe you don't have the ring yet, but the you know you gave the ring, whatever. Uh, versus getting married, I think you're gonna be a worse golfer once you get married of course like getting engaged they're probably encouraging you to play i'm gonna go plan the wedding huh go play golf uh go practice maybe once they get married then they they you know john john we need to go look for houses we need a bigger house for a baby that we're gonna have and then they get they change their tune so do you think that there's a potential like uh you you like them when they're engaged but you don't like them once they get married in the clicking department on DraftKings, quagnes <laughs> The clicking department on DraftKings. Well, we've speculated on this bullshit for years. And really, you know, let, let's face the fact that we have no fucking clue what is going on with these multimillionaire uh, athletic men and their wives and who knows what's going on with their, like, you know, uh, what are they called? Op, op, who are taking care of their children. You know, the, the, these people are living lives that we can't relate to. At all, so like, yeah, the au pair, exactly. Thank you. I, I couldn't think of the word uh, COVID fog, uh, but <laughs> oh, yeah, you have COVID. Sorry, everybody, don't breathe Martin's air. Yeah, don't, yeah, <laughs> sorry, just kidding. Uh, no, seriously, I was thinking about this though, like, because I saw the notes. We can't, I mean, think, think, think about Roger Federer's life or Tom Brady's life or even everybody below those, like athletes these people are athletes they have lives we can't conceive they have money that we don't have they have the ability to you know deal with i mean look at tiger he got married once that worked out real well (laughs) so the only thing i'd have to say different than that is any other sport isn't as mental as golf if you're in basketball if you're in any physical sport right true you're right you can whatever's on your mind you can play through it by running True. faster, you know, banging into people harder, you know, you can do all those physical things without any mental. But with the golf swing, I mean, there was a an interesting golf digest article when I was in high school that I'll always remember and uh, it stuck with me. If you have negative thoughts in your head, you're going to lose 15% of your potential on the golf course because your muscles will tighten, you'll be stiffer hmm. and you won't have that looseness. Now, to your point, pros are obviously a bit different you know they probably have their own sports psychologists and stuff like that they can get through that stuff but not all pros and and quite frankly a lot of the pros play the 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 game similar to how we do whatever's on your mind whether it was the last shot you just hit or maybe the last time you played that stuff stays with them i mean just listen to any of their interviews they talk about that stuff you know tiger can recite any hole he's ever played at Augusta. And he'll be like, well, you remember what I did in 2017 on, on hole 12? 
I'm going to, I'm going to try to avoid doing that ever again. You know, like true. There's a lot of, it's all mental with golf. So with the whole wedding stuff, I assume there's probably like just a release and it's like, thank God this is over. But that reminds me of if you've ever made the turn and you put a big meal in your belly and you go and you golf, are you golfing really, you know, decent afterwards? You, you, you've got that euphoria going through your body. Cause you've just, eat, you know, the energy. Like, yeah. Right. Exactly. So you're just like the first three holes. You're like, well, son of a bitch. I shouldn't have ate as much, you yeah. know, now my, my golf game is shit. And then you, you get on track and that's just like a short period. But yeah, I, I do think there's probably something, but again, it all depends on who the person is, right? you know, what were you going to say, Martin? I just wanted to add one thing because Darbo makes a really good point about the fact that like, <laughs> you know, we're, we're depending on your situation. And, and I say this and we're going to get into this more, you know, I love my family and life, but like oh. my, my ability to escape to play some golf is a very different situation from them. They actually probably, I would think like people like Webb and Finau who have <laughs> dozens of children, thousands love, of kids. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They Just love between the two of them. After their families after a hard day's work at the golf course and fuck you all for having a hard day's work at the golf course, because that's their job and that's what they do. And that's what they grind away at. And then they love to go home with their families so it's, I think, I, I don't think it's a, it's, it's a, it's going to be a hard, hard and fast rule that like, you know, a marriage potentially spoils. Something. Well, you saw, I mean, I guess with Scotty Scheffler, we talked about this last week where he got a little bit of reprieve from having that relationship. Either way, now you mentioned that we don't know nothing about their personal lives, but we may have access to their personal lives through their Instagram. Cause we know they don't really tweet and their tweets aren't real. They're just generated by their managers or whatever instagram yeah. in their stories you can sometimes pick up stuff josh do you or do you even have an instagram i sure do oh but do I you was, follow golfers on there i do i do follow golfers. i don't really go on too much i probably should more actually right i think we you might can, be able to i do know you can pick up some nuggets though i think uh was an answer like a couple weeks ago had something on his story about he had gotten sick or something and he was right. not feeling good before a tournament. People people do that all the time. Yeah. So and then you can just find out if they're uh, you know posted sad stuff. Maybe they're sad or whatever. You can figure it out through their Instagram. I might have to uh, start you know sourcing <laughs> Instagram for some, you know stuff. Okay. Whatever. What happens uh, when they get married? Well, they get ruined. They probably get ruined. But is baby worse than marriage? Definitely. Yes. We'll, we'll have to get there at some point. Because uh, having a child is, I, you know, the, I'm in the thick of it. He's six months old and he's still not sleeping through the night. My eye is literally twitching right now as we do this. <laughs> um, okay, what do I have here? Why does a golfer's personal life and the things they do outside of the course impact them so much? We already kind of referred to that. We talked about how it's much more so of a factor. And that, like, last week's example is the BFF Xander and Cantlay winning together. That makes sense. They're wiser friends. In hindsight, it's like this is a team event that doesn't really mean anything, but they can motivate each other, and they're way better than everybody. Seems kind of like the obvious choice at the end of the day. Uh, well, Martins, you actually had an anniversary yesterday? Was it yesterday? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's perfect nice. for this episode. Because you know what? Uh, we wanted to talk about that, how you got married. You probably got married before anybody. We talked about that. 
you are also a gold digger. <laughs> what? Yeah. No, I'm not. You married a doctor on purpose. To get on her- purpose? Yeah, so you, so you wouldn't have to work. I didn't marry her to went out to work. <laughs> right. Well, you, you saw an older lady who was going to be a doctor. Older Whoa. lady? <laughs> Shit. I'm just kidding. Uh, Mark, she, she's she's like a year older than you or not even? Yeah, she's a year older than me. So, I mean, I guess an older lady when you were in high school, that felt like an old lady. So that's what you're still living. I don't know. I just tried to get you going. It didn't really work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, so Martin, you got married a long ass time ago. It was eleven years ago, was it? You just celebrated eleven or ten? What is it? Nine. Nine. Ooh, the big tens next year. Yeah. Okay. Double digits. So that was a while ago where I didn't realize that I should probably pony up that money and take the airplane ride and you know spend the money to go visit to see my friend get married because I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to pay. All this, I'm what was I 28 at the time, 27 or six or something? Yeah, and Martin's just telling me I gotta go to his wedding. <laughs> like, how much is this plane ticket? To, where did you get married, Boise or somewhere in uh, Montana. Montana? Montana, but yeah, so it did, it's all right. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. I never told that. Anymore. If you're at home and your friend's like getting married before you and you're just some idiot, uh, you probably should pony up the money or figure out a way to just do it. How expensive are destination there. weddings? Well. Martin's, you know, I see pictures in your house of your wedding, and I'm like, I feel guilty. <laughs> like, I just, you know, <laughs> don't. It's kind of what happens. Don't feel guilty. It's fine. Um, okay. Golf and weddings. It goes together, actually. Martin's, you in your vows have golf involved. Explain. What? He brought him into the, 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 the church. Uh, no, we weren't in the church. So that's probably oh. why it was okay. <laughs> okay. Tell us, you said you had you had something about Tiger Woods in your vow. Well, you know, we, we we made our own vows, and I wanted to make ours funny, and I just included, I was like, you have to also, anytime Tiger plays a tournament, you have to be around ready for, if he's got a birdie putt, you got to be there for the birdie putt and cheering, cheering for it, basically. And it no, was, yeah, basically, yeah. If Tiger's playing, I get to watch him. It was, it was. It was way more cute at the time than it appears now after, you know, another <laughs> 10 years of, of you know, whatever. Tiger. Incidents? Yeah, incidents, exactly. Well, whatever. That's kind of fun to just say you have Tiger involved in your wedding. Um, <laughs> I had, Schmacki, you said you got married at home. Uh, Jish got married on a golf course. I got married on a golf course, technically. I think club. the uh, I think the the golf course thing the ladies love it because it's so it's so beautiful outside at a golf course. It's green. I think that's the key, right? Flowers so, you know, everywhere. De- getting married on a golf course is definitely good for if you want pictures. You know, good. Yeah, it works out for everybody. I think because as the groom at a at a golf course, they per- they give you free golf. And then you can work it in to say, nice. like, oh, well, honey, I'll just go, you know, play around before the wedding, which I did. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you can you can get away with a lot of, like, extra golf stuff. I mean. Who's that? What are you doing? <laughs> Martin's at my oh, wedding. Put down that cue. Nice. <laughs> I was going to try to find where it was, like, on a golf course in this thing. And that popped up? Yeah. Isn't that funny? Yeah. There I am. Yeah, there you are. Uh huh. Look at that. 
There's a speech. Oh, speeches. Those are always so funny. Speeches. Speeches are uh, maybe there's a lot of very dumb traditions and weddings. Speeches might be the worst tradition of all time. For real. <laughs> okay, that's enough of my wedding video. Whatever. Oh, sorry. Um, what else can we talk about with golf and weddings? What did I write down here? Well, you can have a bachelor party with golf involved. That's kind of part of a wedding. Always a bachelor party. You're always going golf bachelor party. We did with Gordy Bradbury this summer. We do it. I mean, when Darbo gets engaged, we'll do it. Right, Darbo? Yeah. Absolutely. Golf will definitely be involved for sure. Okay. So there are a lot of stereotypical negatives that come with engagement and marriage. We kind of touched on a few about how you get ruined as a golfer and you always have responsibilities now. Chewbacca, you probably tell your wife to leave the room. Uh, but at the same time, they're always nagging you at the damn wife. Uh, relationships are hard. Are they not, Martins? We realize this. You know this after nine years. You have to listen. You have to compromise. You have to sacrifice. Josh, you're kind of newly married, and you're about to be freshly married with child. Uh, yeah, I'm freshly married with child. Small child. Argue. Well, you could argue, but you have to argue effectively. You know, you know, there's parts arguing that are to be strategic. Um, yeah, you, yeah. They, in the business, they call it picking your own battles. Or your own. <laughs> That's a good one. But yeah, marriage require, requires effort. Do we like anything about marriage, though? Like, I suppose it's nice not to be dating anymore, Darbo, and you have no worry. You can just get fat and just don't care. That's the best part about it. Is it not, fat are you going to get fat now? Is it over? Uh, no, definitely not. I would say in my first marriage, I got fat and <laughs> that's not, a, you don't want to, you don't want to do that. That's not a good thing. Um, and as far as like golf and stuff like that, um, I would say now that I'm remarried, my wife is definitely more supportive of me doing stuff like that than my first marriage. So, I mean, I got married when I was 23, so I made a lot of mistakes and mistakes definitely learned. Made. Yeah, there's definitely mistakes. Made, Shit happens. So. Yeah, well, hey, so, we 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 improve, we move on, we do our best to get better, and that's what you've done. You've you've upgraded. Happy yes. for you. Thank you. Uh, okay, so then someone helps you actually see more credible if you do get married because like you're floating out there, you're just I'm, I'm a loser in in society pretty much <laughs> normally, but then I feel like this as a realtor too. Like I'm at an open house. And I, this is a psychological thing for me. This is probably not reality, but I'm like at an open house without a ring on and I'm talking to people. And then I put this, this engagement ring on, or this wedding ring on or whatever. And I'm like, I'm a person that someone trusts. <laughs> I'm married. So That's you a very can good talk point. To me. I'm not a creepy weirdo. Come on. Like someone married me. So like I gave me a little credibility. I feel like, is that, is that kind of true? Jish? Cause you're, I, a, you're a piece of work, but you, someone married you. That's that's correct. Uh, somehow, some way, somebody did. Uh, yeah, I had never thought of it like that before, but you might be right. I think when if I'm working with somebody, I if I know that they're married or have a wife, I feel like you can trust them a little more because <laughs> somebody has to trust it. It's just in the back of my head before, but now that you say it out loud, now I'm like, dang, that actually might be right. Yeah, was, that's, a, yeah. that's an interesting thought. Feels like now, that. Josh, are you noticing that the dude has a ring on? Uh, I'm not. No, he's just finally attacked his marriage. I'm not specifically looking, but <laughs> I, I do have yeah. conversations with people. Uh, well, they have to tell me they're married anyway if I'm finally attacked. So that's fair. 
I do have to know that. But I was thinking a lot of times people just come out and say it right away. They're like, me and my right. wife or me and my husband. I'm like, oh, okay. So, I was thinking in, in Chad's scenario, if it was a husband-wife buying a house, I'm sure the wife notices that Chad has a ring on. Right. I was like Playboy with a Ferrari flying around. Right. <laughs> Snorting it up all night. <laughs> hey, who's here? Cecil. Great timing. Cecil. Add into the stream. I got to go get another beer to crack. Little windburn on the face, hey, Cecil? Or is that the little sunburn? Oh, he can't hear us. Cecil, I was golfing or working on a golf course today. You don't need to That's worry correct. about that. Okay, guys. I was working. I, I Googled while we're talking about your, hey, why don't you tell us your engagement stories? Probably been 10. How many years ago was that? 100 years ago? Doesn't want to. Nine. Nine, ten. Nine. So you're in Nine, line ten. with Martin's. Your anniversary is next week, Mr. Peters. Yeah, correct. Congratulations on that. Is it number nine? Number nine. Whew. Okay, well, uh, you missed it. I did display an embarrassing video earlier. You'll nice. Rewind the video. It wasn't great. Doing uh, an <laughs> The moment's video. great. The execution, not not great. Do you know Schmacky? Schmacky's joining us tonight. I know, I know who Schmock is, yeah. yeah Schmocky okay. boy. Okay, so uh, we're talking about the positives of marriage because we've kind of griped a little bit. But now we're going to go, I Googled, Cecil, what's good about marriage? Nice. <laughs> I'm sure I'm going to get fed some weird ads, but that's fine. Okay, beginning, mm -hmm. it's, okay, some of the stuff. I, I personally forgot. I personally like it. I'm a fan. Yeah, I it's fine. It. Like we said, I mean, there's good things about it. Like Schmocky did it twice. I mean, what the hell? Uh, <laughs> nice. Loved it so much. I like that. Yeah, beginning of something. <laughs> You know, so you're beginning something. That's cool. Eric, you can, t Darbo, you can tell me if this makes you gag or want to do it. Okay. So it's like oneness when two become one. Yeah, that's fucked up. Is uh, that well, a, that's more of a, like a church that's religion type. I'm of sure. I don't know. I just Googled it. I found the weirdest stuff and I just am telling you now. Purity. Okay. You're, well, I guess I wrote this part. You're finally having sex legally. <laughs> legally or like marriage -wise? legally uh, under the church yeah. yeah uh parenting like you kind of need to like maybe get married to have a children but not necessarily obviously but then that's like part of it is like you want to be like go ask your dad or go no, go ask your mom whatever same thing yeah gotta team up it's gotta be a team <clears throat> yeah because doing this alone would be hard as hell holy crap i can't imagine Okay, so parenting's hard, but yeah, okay, love, okay, you finally, finally found someone that you love, it's great, it's safe, you feel safe, instead of living alone, maybe, this is what Google tells me, like, being safe. It's, that's legit a good thing, that's true. It is. It sounds corny, but it is, it is yeah. a legit good thing. Apparently, yeah. there's more people that have domestic violence problems or problems with violence or getting assaulted or whatever that aren't, that are single, statistically. Mm -hmm. You're less likely to get into a problem with someone at the bar, I suppose, if you're not going to the bar. You're not yeah, meeting nice. randos. That's a fair point. Uh, marriage is for people. Who, oh, marriage makes wait, people make more money married somehow. Okay. Like, I guess, like, if you're married, you apparently make more money statistically. Well, like, to, yeah, dual income. That makes sense. No, but I think it's yeah. individually wise. So, like, well, uh, that, because I've, that you probably don't just... want your wife. 
A, to think you're a loser and not make any money. So you make more money, you're motivated. Or your wife spends all your money, so you have to continue to make more money. So then- I'm thinking it's probably just like you're getting – you naturally just like as you get older, you make more. And as you get older, you get married. That would be what I would say. That That's like the DFS version of yeah. stats don't matter because this is like yeah. all – you could talk shit about them. Uh, what else? Mental health. Apparently less depressed being married. So Darbo, let's get in on that marriage yeah. life. Mm-hmm. be happy because happiness is one of the things um <laughs> uh, uh yeah actually this is weird but statistically married people have more sex than single people guarantee that i would guarantee that would be true 100 percent. yeah i know it seems it seems like oh 100%. at first i'm like i, I don't think anybody that's actually that's i don't think anybody actually disagrees with that like i think that one everybody's pretty solidly on board with i think right well, because, uh, you know, truly. They just complain about it more. Because, oh, you know, something's going to yeah. happen about like, it. Versus when going you're single, you thing. wouldn't complain about it, right? Like, if you're single and it doesn't happen, you wouldn't be like, oh, man, it didn't happen tonight. Because it, guess what? It probably just, that's just normal. True. Um, but guess. the stereotypes of marriage are that you can, like, some of the things are you never have sex or you have you can have sex all the time. So, like, these, like, things about marriage are just like wildly weird and circumstantial because I mean, I just you know, frankly, three kids and a newborn, it's, you know, it's not as often as uh, maybe I don't know, new, newly married schmocky, I'm not, I'm not trying to get into your personal life, but you know just <laughs> going there. Uh, once you get married, you just start having these boring lives and you go to bed, bath, and beyond every weekend, schmocky. Is this happening to you the second time around where you're like, we got it done, now we just lazy guys, now we do nothing? No, I, I think that kind of stuff's like the first time around, but you know, you can't be like that the second time around, so <clears throat> excuse me. Okay. We live and yeah, learn. Yeah. yeah. You definitely got to be on your game all the time. And, you know, you're right. you're dating a woman over and over again, pretty much, you know. Got to be romantic and, and keep it that way. Or but else it'll Darbo, fall apart again. Darbo, would you say this stereotype of married people is they're kind of boring? Or like your married friends, are they boring to you? Sort of. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't yeah, but, rely but, on hanging out with you guys because you have lives outside of being single. So. True, because that's kind of a stereotype. In that, once you get married, you decide to just say "fuck life" and it's basically over. Yeah, I mean, if I asked you, "Hey, you want to go golfing next Tuesday?" You probably have to check in with your wife. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Just say no, or even just know. like, yeah, just a no. Just check. You even just got to check yourself. <laughs> yeah, there's just, no, there's just that's what Chad says to me all the time. I ask him to play golf. He's like, well, yeah, first I, of all, it's I, twenty I won't degrees. Be playing golf this year. It's the worst April of all time in weather-wise. I'm, I can't is. even complain because Martin's okay, dude. pregnant. It's bad Check this out. Check this out. Sunburn today. April. Sunburn. Sun nice. Yeah. Oh, wow. There's yeah, actually first. sun in Canada? Look at you two bald brothers. Starting today. Starting yeah, I was, today. I was, today I was, was asking nice if that today. was windburn instead yeah. of sunburn. Yeah, so it was the last couple of days solid. It's been solid windburn, but today, like the top of my – like usually – my face has been windburnt for like a week from just being out in the wind. But today I took my toque off because it finally got cold or finally got warm and burned my head first day. It was like nice. 16 degrees Celsius. That's like what, like 60 American degrees, maybe? Ooh, that's nice. Yeah. Well, that's nice. Fresh though. burn. Yeah, beautiful day. 
Okay, well, now we've reached the program where we need to do another sponsor ad read, and it's for Josh Bennett's tax business. Jish Swish. It's tax seasons is over, so what do you do? Nothing for a few months here? Uh, taxes, yeah, I'm, I'm not really doing anything. I didn't know I was sponsoring. No, I'm just kidding. I just <laughs> are, you gonna, about are you going to bill me for this now? Well, no, but, but we're, no, we want to cover him. the tax benefits of getting married. <laughs> the Could tax benefits of getting married? Yeah, are uh, ready? Yeah, getting married in general, there's no tax break really. It does save you a little bit of money though. Your tax bracket a lot of times goes down. Yep. Um, you. Can so then it's more important to have a kid for your taxes. Kid, kid is you get legitimate money for that. Um, you. Oh, here's a here's a solid tax situation for getting married. I, I'm giving this out for free. I'm not That's charging amazing. anybody for this. <laughs> when you have a wedding, all of you people out there that are getting ready for weddings, buy all this shit for the wedding. What all the shit costs zillions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Tally it all up, mm-hmm. and then donate it all. You can write all your donations off as you would uh, donating to your church or donating to Goodwill. Take all that shit and instead of putting it in the basement and forgetting about it. Go bring it somewhere and donate it. Get a receipt from them, and you put it on your taxes. All right. You're welcome. <laughs> You're talking about, like, the flowers and shit, or what are you talking about? Yeah, you can donate the flowers, yep. Like, everything for the venue or whatever? Take it. That you paid for? What, if, if, if you can give it to somebody as a donation, and they can give you a receipt or something back that says, this is what it was, this is what it costed, blah, blah, blah. Cool. Take it. Put it on your tax return. Cool. You're welcome. You, All right, you know, there's the tax bracket guy. Okay, good guy. Okay. All right. Now we're going to Shpaki, you gotta tell your wife to leave again. Uh I didn't know if we were gonna get into this, but because you were here with some experience with the D word divorce, should we talk about divorce? Like I know nothing. I don't even wanna I like almost like it's like I wanna not even think about it because then I don't have to worry about you know, like I'm just not even I'm in blissful marriage bliss is that how you were at first schmocky and then it just happens or do you even want to talk about this you don't have to talk about this i'm sorry uh no i mean i don't mind talking talking about it um i i think it happens over years you know i mean especially for me and i've seen through from like a lot of guys that i've talked to afterwards you know you go through all that like divorce stuff you talk to everybody who's been through divorce and read all this stuff um it's pretty much the same thing just you let yourself go, you stop chasing excellence, you know, get lazy. And uh, especially when you marry the wrong person, then that just makes everything else worse. So it's just eventually, uh, you know, either you get to that seven or 13 year mark. That's, I know, a stereotype, typical thing, but it definitely happens around those times. So you just got to stay on your game. If you, you don't, you're, you're not doing your marriage a, a service. Okay. Do you think it's like someone just wants out and they and there's nothing you can do about it on certain circumstances where you just there's no convincing the other person they've given up? Uh yeah, I think so. Definitely. I I mean in, in my case, um, yeah. Once I said I wanted a divorce, that was that was it. Yeah, there's no going back. You're done. Yeah, yeah. So then, yeah, it just happens. I think I, I'm. Be tough. Yeah, I was just kidding. I I didn't mean it. Right, be an awkward, be an awkward conversation. Well, yeah, I just know, having, a, I just having can, a bad day. You could go back in time, but um, cough. Yeah. You have a cough. 
What's wrong, Martin? This is a side conversation between me and Martin's just that happened off screen here. And then I, Martin I've noticed he's been muted for like bad. 10 minutes. Oh, no. And it looked okay. like he was trying to talk. So I said, I texted him and said, well, Martin's You're COVID. muted, dummy. Uh, see, so Martin says COVID. Don't breathe his air. Now, I would Magnus. come on. People stay together right. for kids too. They could stay together for kids. People are religious and want to stay together. So there's reasons to stay together, even though you want out, but maybe you just don't. Or whatever. Factors. Kids are factors. Kids. We can talk about that next week. Should we do kids next week for the topic? Could do that. Sure. But we could talk about mothers because this is going to be Mother's Day. When's Mother's Day? Not uh, not this weekend, but next weekend. Okay, so we can do kids, and then we can go back to mothers. First Mother's Day, just it is do it, do it good, <laughs> do it good, because I fucked that up. What <laughs> what? Why what, what, can you give me some yeah, advice on what I should be doing? No, oh yeah, actually, I want to hear the story. Just tell us the story. My wife, my wife bought herself a pair of shorts today. I told her that was her Mother's Day present. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a and long then way. I said it was. A, then I said it was a combo anniversary Mother's Day present. If they're a Lululemon, maybe they're expensive shorts. Mother's, what am I supposed to do? Well, mothers care about Mother's Day. They, they do. And what did you do? You didn't care. Not my mom. I I thought I cared enough, and I didn't care enough. And what does that mean? You bought a card and it, not flowers, or a flower's not a card? Yeah, I, I, I didn't do the right amount of caring. <laughs> one year, only one year, and but that was you only disgust, based on you. Disgust me. I know it was a huge mistake, <laughs> huge monster. fucking mistake. So that's why I'm. How long saying, did you have to pay for it? What did you do? Uh it it took it took months. Wow, months. No, no, I paid months. I made it. I might have paid weeks. Weeks. Yeah, though Christine doesn't hold a grudge that long. She's no, nice. she did. She's pretty good. She won't be too mad at me for calling her an old bag. God, did you call her that before? Nice. For, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the very beginning of the show. But she's she does sometimes watch, and I'm surprised that she, she comments like you said this. But you know, I'm usually nice to her about her. <laughs> um, all right, so that many talk, viewers. Should we talk about anything else? You can't do that shit. Um, <laughs> did, we could talk about Mexico quick. We could talk about well, the fact I'm that I'm working on a zero oh. for six. Zero oh. for six? Well, I think I got. I think my best player is at T sixty. What's what's our guy Bramlett at? Yeah, I was gonna say, is it Bramlett in it? I don't even know. I haven't checked all day. I think he's one under. Pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that it's not good. One under is bad. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we can make it. We can conclude it's over. That John Rahm has won. John Rahm is much better than everybody else. There's no way he's gonna lose, right? Quagnus, you love we love this. This is great. He's 40 and everybody knew. How'd they know? Darbo, how'd they know? How'd who know? Everybody 40%. I played him in 90% of my lineups. Well, how'd nice. you know? Oh my god. I went with him and wise, so I'm looking okay. Oh, you're just chalk donkey Quagnus then. Yeah. In some of my lineups, though, so like I have Rom, and he's he shows forty percent in the contest I'm at, and then Wise is sixteen percent. Every other guy that I ha- that I chose is like sub four percent. So well, like did, okay, that's a my bad entire lineup was like under ten. What's that, Chad? Josh said that's a bad strategy. I oh. but I don't choose based off of ownership. Well, and how's Josh's lineup this week, Mister Good Strategy Player? 
Uh, I, I did 20, and uh, all of them are as close to the last place as you can get. <laughs> yeah. Mine's yeah. like... How's your model? Out of one the model's great, actually. Contest. Scott Brown. I've got... So I'm in, like, that carbon contest or whatever. Oh, yeah. And there's... So there's the guy who runs it. He puts in, like, a blank entry where he doesn't enter. So I'm beating him, and I'm beating one other guy. And that's it. <laughs> Second, oh, second last. Okay. So I, nice. I added Josh's, uh, his model into my whole stat Whoa. stuff. Yep. You did? Yep. So you, you landed it. on Scott Brown. So I put it in my optimizer. I, hey, you know what? Scott Brown showed up a bunch, and I'm like, fuck Scott Brown. That guy <laughs> sucks so much. Like, I'm not yeah, going to, and awesome. I know he was in your model. I just decided Number to ignore two. it. Just decided to ignore it. I didn't want to play and any Scott Brown. Here he is. And here he is. Yep. Chris Kirk was there too. So and I chose to fade Chris Kirk. I went with nice. Aaron Wise. Aaron Wise. Okay, so my- uh that's probably the end of the program. And uh it's not the end of the program though. We've got a new thing called the after show, Jish. Because what happens yeah, sure. uh well we can thank our guests here, David Schmack. Schmacky. You change your Twitter. What's your Twitter again? It's uh at David, David Betts PGA. PGA. You're not Schmacky boy anymore? Was that you though? Was uh, I right there? That was my old Twitter handle. I had to get okay. rid of it because my ex-wife was stalking me on it. So, I <laughs> oh, jeez! Oh, awesome. oh no! Hopefully she doesn't find it. Okay, well, you've been very helpful to the conversation about being engaged, married, and all those things in between. Twice, for fuck's sake, jeez. Uh, let's, yeah. Uh, thanks, man. Now, all right, who you go? Okay, we're gonna hang out afterwards because what's happened lately is we've said. Let's play the news and get out of here. And then we end up talking for like 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes after. And it ends up being a really fun conversation. So uh, we decided maybe we'll just keep it going live. And and Josh is in charge because he's the producer. And I probably have to go at some point here. But uh, it's unscripted, unfiltered, uncensored. It's the after show. Do you like that, Cecil? I like that. This is 3.0. FGP 3.0. Fire up the music though first. Oh, 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 okay. Let's check. No, I know. Yeah. Sorry. Rocky's gone. Peace out, everybody. Thanks for watching. Oh, well, no, don't really but actually uh this is different do you guys like it so far the thursday thing where there's no responsibility of telling who anyone who to click no touting just topics now right now it's life i'll I'll be honest okay so i wanted to talk about this stuff now get this over with and then us five have this background of who we are and kind of know more about Eric and I know more about Cecil. And then once the summer goes along, the shit talking can come, can be better and the conversations can be better because we'll know each other more and you'll know us at home and you'll remember. And when we make fun of Eric for doing something and from a story he told about mother's day, I don't know. We'll, it'll be a thing. Is this weird? It'll be like someone will be like, Oh my God, that's so Eric. That's what someone will say. Yes. Okay. Right? Yes. That's what you want. Yes, you get it. I nailed it. They'll be like, "Oh, that Quagmus." Oh. Yeah. I've uh, never heard that before. No. Okay. <laughs> Maybe we. Will I gotta go get my kids to bed, but I'm gonna leave this live. And yeah. Come back. Don't come back. Whatever. Bring uh, bring a beer back. And then yeah, when you get I back, more beer. Yeah. 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 We'll remove you for now.
Casey's good. But we won't leave. We want to reject you ultimately. This is the after He's show. It is uh, Thursday night, and we did our program. It was about getting engaged or married or whatever. And then now we're talking after show about stuff. Maybe boys will discover there is no desire for something like this. This content is not watch. But Cecil, I did pull up my pod bean at the beginning. And it got as many views as the RBC Heritage. Now, I didn't pull up YouTube yet. It was struggling on YouTube to get some traction. Last week. We're not too worried about it. Not great, but okay. um, Do people like to watch these things on YouTube? Yeah, see, I don't know if they do. I do, actually, I think so. They do? Okay, so we got 80 views on YouTube for one on the match play. We got 67 for Valspar. We've gotten... Oh, Masters was really good. That was 232. We got Heritage was 70, and then last week was only 46. Yeah, but last week kind of sucked. Right, right. So it could go uh, in numbers were low, too, for the Zurich. Okay, okay. okay. Eventually, people are going to, yeah, but we didn't talk about the Zurich. Eventually, people are going to be like, it doesn't matter. We should get more traction in a bad week because everybody else is like, well, we don't care about the golf. Yeah, Yeah. neither do we. Um, What else are we doing? Okay. Uh, Oh, the truth is, is that we don't really care to fail either. So we'll just try this out. And if it doesn't we'll just work, pick another day and another topic. Yeah, it's not a big deal. There's quite they literally no well. downside. Yeah, did you see? Uh, I think I sent Chad a picture of we were pulling back some tarps on the greens today. Looking nice. Ooh. You guys don't You guys, you don't guys do that in Minnesota. Hey? You guys put tarps on the greens? We tarp. Well, we do. If you if you check out my check out my Instagram story. I did. I I liked an Instagram thing of yours, but it was just your Yeah, story. I don't know. That was from ages ago. Where did oh, you even see that? It popped up on my phone and said Cecil posted a video. So I went and liked it and I commented on it. Nice. No, I was wrong years ago. I did see that. I didn't look at the date. I thought it was today. Okay, so uh, what do you do at the golf course, Cecil? Tell us. Uh, well, right now. Do you work maintenance golf. or something? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because I used right to cut cops. Yeah, like right now we mostly just pump water because there's a fuck ton of water all over from all the snow. From snow? Melting. Yeah, from everything melting. So we're just pumping water all over the course. Is that but normal? Today, like every year that happens? Today, pulled out, pulled some tarps off, nice. fresh nice. green under there. Nice and dead nice. outside of it. But Now, is your April been colder than normal or normal? Yes. It's yes. Colder? Yeah, it's been shit. Oh, it's Yesterday been so morning... It was snowing, and this afternoon it was like, "Oh, it's perfect temperature. We're good to go now." We're finally getting like it's there's like precipitation in the air, and it's never snow now. We're finally to that point. Yeah. But last week we weren't. It snowed a little bit last week. We're pop, pop on our driving range open tomorrow. Driving range opens tomorrow. Nice. No, is that normal too? Is that April normally, or you do it Memorial yeah, weekend? That's, 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 no, it's pretty normal. That's just yeah. yeah. So what? Uh, what? I, I think we can't tarp the grass here because of the type of grass, I think, or type the greens. Yeah. So I, I grew up on a golf that. course. I might know more about this. I grew up but, on one that they used to use hay when I grew up. Yeah, so that's hay. what I, I used when I was like 10 years ago. I used to do this, and we would do tarp and then hay on top of the tarp, and then hay oh. would like insulate it. But then one year they it snowed too fast, so they didn't get the hay down. And then the greens came out just as nice. They're like, well, fuck, why are we doing this with hay all the time? <laughs> That's probably why they stopped doing hay at my parents' yeah. house. Yeah. So I know they tarp Giants Ridge, those greens up north. 
um, when I was working there, and I worked there for ten years. Each year they tarped them. Yeah, um, I think the colder it gets, colder it gets. Yeah, perhaps. Like and they had bent tarp. grass greens, which most it's, of Minnesota's greens are bent grass, if not a little poa on them. Yeah, that's pretty and much. And rye grass. Have have. Oh, so why, does, why doesn't everybody do that? Um, Cost maybe. At the beginning, I, we were. I would well, I think probably just because it's not doesn't get cold enough, you don't need to. Are you going to be uh, so? You're going to get some Manscaped product up to Saskatchewan. I think so. That's that's up. But I gave you my address. I think they are. Yeah, that's it. It's going to you know. This particular new product, I guess, is like I'm not even supposed to talk about it. Yeah. After show this exclusive Manscaped product, we're going to be you know, I I guess it's for Father's Day, Darbo. Yeah. They're doing you know. All the the cool influencers. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. I'm not sure. I'm you know whatever. I've been growing. We'll I've been I've been growing up my chest hair in preparation for it. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. So, Doesn't yeah, take much. Just... <laughs> no, that's funny because I was like gonna you know say that's why I opened with did you shave have you shaved your sack up in Saskatchewan? <laughs> nice. But then you weren't here. I was sad. I like that. <laughs> you you could have ran with it anyway. I kind of said I said it's that sack always gets shaved. And then I was like shit. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we talked about weddings earlier. Did you ever have a bachelor party, Cecil? No, I did not. No. I was kind of, was kind of, I don't want to say rushed, but mm. I actually got married. Well, yeah, I would have been a good. I would have been. Were a you under twenty one? The story. Not when I got married. No, I don't think so. You were over twenty one. Twenty. I would have been like twenty two. Okay. Okay. So you could have drank yeah. at your wedding. But we got. I just got. We like went to a like JP or whatever they call it. Like a just a person that a justice of the peace or whatever. Oh didn't have like didn't have like an actual wedding. Nice. Which well, is that's like, that's like people in the US that are just like, oh we're just gonna go to Vegas and get it done. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. I just had honestly some some dude just came to my house and did it. It's awesome. Josh where, you know where my bachelor party was? It wasn't really a bachelor party. It was um well I also had two young children at the time, so I couldn't really have a bachelor party. Yeah, we went to uh, we went to the waste management. Nice. Oh yeah. Shut up. I think I, knew I didn't that. know you've been there. Yeah, yeah, I've been there. Well, it was, I was going anyway, and then everybody else, all my buddies, were like, well, "We'll just go and we'll call it your bachelor party." I'm like, "All right." Yeah. Cool. Like, hey, so we got like we'll a sick house in trip. Arizona. Yeah. That's chill. It was it was pretty sweet. I waste like, management is great if you're like a. It's really great if you're like a like a college bro and you're just out there to just see how many beers you can drink. Real good. Yeah. If you're like if you just want to be like a I don't think it'd be the one fan, be, I don't think it'd be the one for me now. Yeah. If if you just want to be like a normal golf fan and like go watch the golf and like golf yeah. clap and stuff, that's not the place for you to be. Well, it's it's wild. I went it's to Vegas. Fun. I'd like to go again. I went for March Madness. Ooh. It was super chill. So like Which we went, out, I went down to, I've been to Vegas like seven times and we, I spent all my money when I was single and Darbo and with no responsibilities. I went to Vegas a shitload of times. And so to the point where these people at this, Did you sport, just go on all the time or what direct flight. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, these people at the sports book, like knew who I was sadly. Uh, and so then, I was uh, for March Madness. It's a madhouse, right? It has to be. 
So let me find this. Okay, here it is. Uh, I was just looking for this. So uh, we go to Vegas and, uh, well, I'm like emailing this guy that I'm cool with. And I'm like, I need a seat at the book. I can't go like down there and fight. And I'm like, he's like, dude, I'll hook you up. So then he hooks me up. And he calls it Eckhart. It. <laughs> this seat is reserved for Eckhart. Nice. <laughs> so then this was right when... Um, Breaking Bad was going on, and that dude uh, in Breaking Bad had a bunch of nicknames. <laughs> I think awesome. or something. Didn't he, they call him like something else or whatever? But I don't know. Yeah, you in Vegas? <laughs> I'm actually. Yeah, I'm actually watching that right now. Yeah, so Breaking then I was that carded. Yeah, for like that we watching it. Show. But I think they might do that on purpose so that like if you're a real true high roller baller, like they don't want to reveal your name maybe to somebody, and they're like, "This guy's here." I'm going to fucking kill him because he owes me $10,000. <laughs> but if they're Eckhart, it's sort of close. But it was great. It was a seat. Oh, maybe I'll have a, maybe I have a picture of it. Yeah, see here. I'll show a picture of it. So this is like, this is me. This is my long hair in the seat. This is my little Eckhart. This is some dude <laughs> come home with oh, nice. yeah. I forgot you used to have like insanely long hair. Him and Martin's, I think, right? Mar- yeah. Martin's well, had hair used to be short. On Hal Jimenez. Look at Martin's here. This was at his recital, March eighth, twenty fifteen, when he got his master's degree. Yeah, I think There's, he used to have normally normal length hair. Here's Martin's with you can kind of tell it's long there. This one you can tell it's long. He looks like Angel Jimenez. Oh wow! Yeah, oh, he has the longest, oh. dirtiest ponytail. He's dirty wrap. No way! Yeah. That's wow, awesome. that's amazing. <laughs> Solid. There's my Instagram. So, uh, so yeah, I went to Vegas for mine. It was chill. And then I I've went back like a bunch of other times. Four and times. then that book four that you times. saw, deleted. It's a restaurant. They just change everything. So if you love something in Vegas, you better love it real fast and quick and because it's going to be gone. They're going to fucking change it. It's so sad because, like, like I, I don't want to go back. I don't even need to go back. I don't care to go back because they ruined my memories. They're gone. It's uh, <laughs> that one guy that does a TV show restaurant. I went to Vegas three times underage. Wow, underage! So I couldn't. So what I couldn't. What do you even yeah. do when you're 17? Uh, basketball, <laughs> Tra- travel basketball. So then that's boring. It it my so my mom who did not do a whole lot of traveling with me for basketball because she's not great in long car rides, um, and I don't think she enjoys planes too much. But shocking. She was the first person to be like, "Oh, I am definitely going on the trip to Vegas." Oh yeah, yes. okay. she did. Cool. She went to she went to all of them. It was just me and her one time. It was I think the I think my second time to Vegas. It was just me and my mom, and it's the first time that just me and her went to any basketball. Game. And my dad did not go. My dad mm-hmm. went to pretty much everything. I think that was the first time ever that it was just me and my mom to anything basketball. Pretty crazy. I would uh I would sit at so she loved the she loves the video poker stuff so she would sit at the bar obviously and rip video poker and rip drinks and I sat next to her for a real long time at at the bar just like watching and awesome. like a few like a few hours later one time uh, I had walked around and like a couple of my teammates had gotten in trouble because they were like sitting next to slot machines and stuff and like <laughs> bouncers and people and security were running over like, oh, you're underage. You can't be anywhere near these things. And me and the, I'm just sitting at the bar. My mom's hammering drinks and gambling. And I'm just, no, nobody's ever a word to me. Time, right? What's that? 
You already had the beard at that time, though, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So you look like an adult. I, pro- I probably did. I mean, probably not. I don't. I don't know how I look twenty-one, but <laughs> pretty, pretty wild. Vegas actually really sucks when you're not twenty-one. I did go. I have been once of age, and that was also wild. Got locked. Got locked out of my room because the. Uh, oh, this is. Well, he's not going to see this anyway. And it doesn't matter. It's a funny story. Uh, one of the dudes that I was, one of the dudes that I was rooming with, we get, we just got blitzed at the uh, at the pool. We so he got back before I did. Went into the room so hammered, fell asleep in the bathtub with the water running. Oh no! Wow. Nice. <laughs> and I and I couldn't get into the room, so I was just sitting sure. outside of the room and I was banging and he was banging on the door and he was sleeping, so I couldn't get in. Had like. A security guard walked by. He's like, "Oh, I can't help you." Finally, got like a, um, like a one of the maids or whatever to open the open the door for me, and found him sleeping in the water in the bathtub. Was it flowing wow. over the side? It wasn't at the time. No. Wow. <laughs> pretty Crazy. pretty insane. Yeah, that's pretty insane. I took a flight to Vegas that left at like eight o'clock by time, so I was like, "Oh, this will be perfect. It'll be a." Two and a half hour flight, but then I reduced <laughs> myself two and a half hours. So I'm back to it's the same time. It's eight o'clock. I get there at eight o'clock. Shit was delayed nine hours. So I ended up Jeez. taking off like 2 a.m. here. Wow. And got in at 2 a.m. But then, then there's nothing, you know, like I'm just dead. And it's just like, so I just, that was not very fun to show up at 2 a.m. And You'd think that would be fun, but then you're so fucking exhausted. It's by that point you're like, let me go to bed, and then wasted the night. That was fucking annoying. Uh, another time, you can tip your because I'm bad at the games with the people or whatever. So then I just tip them ahead of time or something. I, I figured this part out where you could like, oh, I like. Are you talking like blackjack? Yeah, I like gambled my tip with it or like. I was able to be like, oh. if I win, your tip is more or something. I don't know. How. Oh, sure. I can't remember. But that was the best. I think you can play. do that, yeah. Yeah, it was the play because, like, I was so drunk. I was like, oh, what should I do? Then they do, they do the whole, okay, you get free beers, right? So you're just drinking beers all day. And I'm, like, yeah. halfway or, like, three-quarters through beer, and the guy goes by, and you're always like, you oh, well, yeah, one more. They're like, you're going to finish that by the time we get back to this other one? Because you're, like, not – you're double fisting already, kind of. Right. Oh yeah. So oh, then yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, this will be. Oh no, they never were gone. And then you just always have to like have like, oh sorry, just drop that one <laughs> yeah, off. That you're, way. Just, you're just walking you're around, around handfuls of beers. Plus the <laughs> the fact that you're chugging what I'm chugging is usually like it was Heineken lights or like Coors lights or something where you so you have to pee all the time, but then you oh, never yeah, want to leave the, the table. <laughs> this is the worst. Have you ever experienced that yeah. feeling, Cecil? That's so that's so frustrating. You just gotta go all the time. <laughs> what the fuck? Like I'm just trying to enjoy myself. Yeah, I wish I had that like boot that you could just have it attached to a little catheter. But no. Uh and then yeah. Have I have had a, that issue at uh St. Patty's Day in St. Paul a few different times. Or- shouldn't say a few a couple different times. So you go down there and you get into one of those big ass tents with like the uh uh, with like the bands and stuff, and it's just packed in those places. But you're just ripping beers, and then you're ripping beers. You're like, oh shit, I gotta go to the bathroom really bad. By the time you get out to where you're supposed to go, there's two porta potties, and there's a line 
going into the street. So you are just fucked. And at that, usually at that point of the night too, obviously there's no like gender specific porta potties. So everybody's in the same line. But what happens is the drunk ladies go, I'm just going to go up to a dude that's at the front of the line and say, Hey, I'm cute. Let me go to the front of the line. And they're like, sure. Yep. So the line hardly ever moves when you're in the line because the ladies are just jumping in front of everybody. It's just that's it's a nightmare. If if you go to one of those things, you just if you have, feel any inkling of having to go to the bathroom, just go because you're gonna have to go real bad by the time you actually get to the door. <laughs> yeah, Vegas is those, those things are fucking wild. Have you been to Vegas, Darbo? I drove through Vegas. I actually stayed in Vegas twice and never gambled. I was, wow. I, was I was moving to California. I went there in the winter times uh, to work at a golf course. And usually Vegas was like, it was either like Denver or Vegas where I would want to stay when I drove through. And most of the time I could get all the way to Vegas. It was like a 25 hour drive, 26 hour drive. I could do it straight. And obviously, by that time, I'm super tired. So I would just sleep there at one of the cheap, you know, motels that are around, which were pretty shady in their own right. Um, and then just got up and left. But I've not, ex- I have not enjoyed gambling there yet. Well, that'll be your bachelor party. Yeah, I, I want to. I want to go there and, and experience it. I just haven't yet. It's pretty. It's it's wild, wild for sure. Speaking of wild, dude, honestly, you like you walk out of your hotel room and you go down to the lobby, and you it could be any time of the day. It could be, it literally is weird. There's, I don't know if this is true, but I've heard through the is it grapevine or grapevine? Yeah, yeah, grapevine. I've heard through that vine that they like pump stuff into like the air in in the hotels that like supposed to like. Stimulate your brain to like keep you awake longer. Yeah. Oh yeah, nice. That's, That's the pretty shit. Crazy. Oh, because you can stay up forever. Yeah, in Vegas. then so then and, when you and you're up, wasted. <laughs> yeah, you don't have no idea. Right, That's you spend a million dollars. You spend all your money. <sighs> that spending I, all the money is is a problem. I could we could do a whole episode on what to do and not do in Vegas, probably. I yeah. I I don't even remember half of it, I guess. I've done a lot of bad things. <laughs> what yeah, yeah I, I, I shouldn't talk about it. <laughs> Sounds um, like you do a full episode on it. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what you do after you actually hit stop on the record button. Then you'll tell us. Uh, no and whisper. Maybe just write it on a piece of paper and hold it in front of the screen. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's my wife. And then, and then shred it. What else? Uh, you know, okay, so honeymoons. Did we talk about honeymoons? We never really talked about honeymoons. Do we talk about will weddings be like the way they are in the future, Cecil? Do you think your kids will care about weddings? I hope not. So I don't far. think they will. Yeah, I can see them not. I didn't. We didn't. Obviously. I think less and less every generation they're going to be like, what? I spent $30,000 to just sell this. Yeah, I think your mind. I think the financial part, people be like, nope. But the like backyard was... wedding will be better. Yeah, and the then we- they could the wedding and like, like, cameras cute. and stuff. Yeah, they, they like the know. church thing is obviously going to fade as time goes on. So, you think so? When I was a kid, when I was a kid, everybody like all my 
relatives and stuff just got married in church. So it's like you go to the church and then you go to the hall for the dance and th- there you go. Yeah, I think the church thing I'm probably paid. I think part of my family was real upset with me that I didn't do a tr- the church thing. My mom was nobody actually like said it to my face, but I I think. I oh, think, your grandma was pissed yeah. at you for sure. Yeah, for sure. That's who I'm talking about. Yeah. My favorite is the re- the totally non-religious people that all of a sudden you're like, they're doing communion during their wedding. Who are these people? <laughs> I, that's happened to me once. I did. I did go to a wedding that I was like, we're doing a lot of like very like very in depth like very serious religious type of deals, mm-hmm. and these people couldn't care less about any of it. It's always ironic. Yeah. It's, but it's, like if you know the person and you know they're like they really don't care. Like this is the one right. time I'm in talk with the right. Uh Darbo, when you get engaged, are you gonna buy the ring before? Are you gonna ask her? Do you think? Uh, do you, have you thought about how you uh, broach that topic? The ring. Yeah. This is my. Oh, see, so what? Yeah. This. I would say the people that ask and they don't know what the answer is going to be, that's like absurd. If you don't know if it's going to be a yes or a no, probably going to be a no. No, right. but you kind of want to know what kind of ring. I like a fake yes. Yeah, as far as that. But at that point, you probably should have it. Or you ask her sister or her best friend and they find out. Yeah. But like nowadays, I, I, I've, I've seen these fake rings that become have become a thing where – Women in the millennial lifestyle of Instagram, they'd rather have a big fake one than a smaller real diamond. Oh, yeah? You know what I almost did, Chad? What? Um, Tell her I you. almost went and got um, a, a legitimate like fake ring. Not, not like fake fake, but like just like something super cheap because I had no clue like what to do for design and stuff like what type of band what type of diamond how big like mm-hmm. my brain was fucked for this mm-hmm. <laughs> so my plan was going to be get something to just put in a box that was like 50 bucks and then hand that to her and then after the whole party was over and we can like talk go about back. it be like by the way yeah. this ring was 20 bucks you're actually not going to wear this we're actually going to go to the store and you're just going to pick you out the one whatever. you want I, I was my brain there, there would be enough like hints where you'd be walking and be like, oh, this is what like like yeah. dropping hints that they want that to happen. Like, oh, I was just I really about like to say really. I've done that's what I like with mine, I knew exactly what one she would want. And I actually had bought it and she I can't remember phone or text me one day and was like, Oh, I found the ring because like she knew that it was gonna happen at some point soon. Like it wasn't like some big surprise. She's like, Oh, I found the one I want here and whatever. And I was like, yeah, I bought that like two weeks ago. I have it. <laughs> like, like you, here's where it is. You can go get it if you want. So it's like, okay. the one that the one that she picked was the one that I already had, so that worked out good. Nice. Yeah. No, I've so, done enough. But then also, kind of, it kind of blew the surprise that way because it was like, kind of knew that I had it, kind of didn't. So it was like, yeah. whatever. Dude, you know what my wife used to do forever? She used to be the person that like you register for your plates with at some store. Your what do you mean? Plate? Oh yeah, like where your what your wedding gifts and your like yeah, oh uh, napkins. Okay. I don't know what do you register yeah. for. You like oh, register okay. for household appliances and stuff. 
Okay, that's so, another reason you get married you is to get like the gifts. Oh, you, you do that like awesome. William Sonoma or like, but she worked at a specific shop that she was in charge of the wedding registry clients, and that was like a whole thing for a long time. Okay. So my wife is all about weddings and loves weddings, and like had our shit probably totally planned out before I even met her. It's great. Nice. I didn't do that anything. Wedding. Sometimes you got just the wedding industry. Just don't worry about it. The, the wedding. wedding industry is mostly a scam, but I think wedding planners are those are highly real. underrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those I think are helpful. they save you like a shit to the time and money, probably. Oh yeah, yeah. But the wedding industry in total, huge scam. Oh, I wanted to talk to you, Josh, about how you you know. We talk about gripes with wives or whatever, but if you marry the perfect woman, like you probably shouldn't have any gripes, especially Josh, who I don't have any gripes. Yeah. Uh come on. Like, have you heard <laughs> about this wife that he has? I don't know, Cecil. It's it sounds amazing. Yeah. Nice. She does everything for him. Look at him, he's a slob for one. Is that true? But he, she doesn't even make him change diapers and stuff. He doesn't have to do. I, ch- I changed one diaper uh, yesterday. Congratulations! Seriously? I don't even know if that's good. I'm almost embarrassed for you that you would just be like, "I'll just do it." Well, here's the deal. <laughs> I'm kind of the opposite. I do all that shit. Well, this is fine. I don't want. Let, let let me explain why. This is <laughs> this is like yeah. Let's hear she, this. I'm going to explain this will make sense. This should make sense to you. This is what she wants to do with her life. Like when, when kids are young, they're like, Oh, I want to be a firefighter. or I want to be yeah. a policeman or something. She's like, I want to be a mom. That's I want to like be a okay, professional sure mother. Okay. So but like, like taking care of kids, raising kids, all like everything yeah. that is encompassing that is like what she loves to do. All right. So, and I know nothing about it. So there's like the, at least this is what I think. Maybe this is not true. But what I think is there's this mutual agreement that's like, I know nothing about it. You know everything. So I'm just, if you need me to help do it, I will be there in a second. If you if you want to do it and that's your thing, like I'll just let, tell me when they're ready to dribble a basketball. I'll teach them how to shoot hoops. So you're not like that asshole who's like, I'm not doing that. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm not here. Do I'm it? Not sure. Here Go like, ahead. I'm not yeah. sitting here like, oh, that baby's got a poopy diaper. Like, it's You're yours. Not like, ring a bell, I'm going to be. No, 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 no. That's no. Not, no, that's the best part. Is like, that's why she's amazing. It's like, he's like, I'll help. And she's like, no, it's fine. Go swing your golf club outside. I don't care. <laughs> it's pretty dang close. Yeah. It's lucky. Which it, it works. So, uh, speaking of that, I'm going to go check on my wife to see if yeah. she's still. Awake. I wish they were happier because I literally left the house today at like eight o'clock and I didn't get home till six thirty. And then I've been on the phone even since I got home. And then my life's crazy. See, so I had this problem at a listing that I was supposed to put on for tomorrow and uh, it didn't get it wasn't it's not ready. And so then we have all these showings because you and we had to cancel them. And then oh my gosh, and then I have another problem with another thing. There's always problems. Real estate is the best industry. There's never problems. You're not there's a there's a Chad Eckert real estate sign right outside the Cub, of uh, yeah. right by Saltdale. That's right. That's the one that the homeless man was sleeping on that one day. Oh, really? Is that the, is that the one where you put the, the people got mad at you? Yeah, my mom. My mom. I took a picture and I was like, "If you need a house, let me know." And my mom <laughs> was like, "That's insensitive. You need to take that down." And meanwhile, I was getting that was going viral. I'm like, "Mom, you don't understand how viral works. This is great." <laughs> 
Is that was that the same one that you you posted on Twitter and you're like, yeah. if you can find this, I'll yeah, send you an ad or something. Is that the same one? Or is well, that a no. One? If you draw a mustache on it, yeah, I redid the. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, I redid the the front when I got a new logo. I'm the Eckert Group now. I don't know if I even have that. So that's a whole other thing. We did like rebranding because I'm in with my mom in real estate, and you, you know you do this like succession planning so she doesn't just totally throw her business out the window. And right when she's ready to retire, there's people that do it in the office, and then you die in realty. Realty like it facilitates this for certain people. And helps them get it. And then, you know, so we came up with the brand. Very cool. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that eventually. So that was, you know, there's a point where, yeah, we could talk about my mom in real estate for uh, for a while. Working with your mother. You guys I worked in the same company as my mom for a little bit of time. Oh, it's fun. You know what? You know what's fucked up about that, actually? So at, at Travelers, where my last job was. The my, that's where my mom has been working for forever. <clears throat> I got a I, the job before I was at Travelers. Got a phone call from a recruiter. Recruiter's like, "Hey, I got this. I got this job that's in downtown St. Paul. It's probably pretty close to where you are. Are you interested in hearing about it?" And I'm like, "Sure," because at that time I'm trying to get the F out of there because I knew that the company was going to be dead soon, which it's dead now. Um. Bummer. So I, I meet with this lady and we talk for a while and she's like, oh, by the way, this is like a, a tax position at Travelers. And I'm like, well, what the fuck? Like, wh- is this posted online? And she's like, oh, yeah, like you could have found it. And I'm like, <laughs> my mom literally works there and she didn't tell me that there's a job what? open. And by the way, huge referral bonus for this. <laughs> so <I'll laughs> Thanks for nothing. Yeah. Well, it would have been for her. It would have actually been money for her. So. What happened to Martin? He's not even here. I don't know. I was hoping he would come back so I can ask him about what the Vikings is in the draft. Oh, yeah. The they draft. Their pick away. Yeah. Do we care about that? I I personally don't. But yeah, neither do I. I stopped caring about guy, football you, like three years ago. Yeah. I like so drafts. I don't follow it even. But it's all weird now. It's like. It's on a Thursday, and then the first round is all like people I've never heard of now, too. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know what I do with football. I just cheer for the whatever team wins the Super Bowl. Hey, so it's, right. when the Super Bowl gets here, I just pick a team and then wait till halftime, and then I'll pick the same team or a different team. So whatever team wins, my team won the Super Bowl. Perfect, it's great. You're not going to pick the Vikings and do it. No, 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 no. Never cheer for the Vikings. Never did go to a Vikings game this year though. Nice the stadium's kind of cool. Yeah. Oh, guys, I got to go check on my family. I'll be right back. Maybe. You go do that. Okay. All right. You got to go check After show. Too. Thanks for After watching. Yeah. So my Packer friends, huge this morning on the group chat. Like, can't wait for the draft. Can't, can't wait to Ooh. see what the Packers are going to do. It's like, I get it. You're lifers. This is like, for whatever reason, you know, it's. They're part owners of the team because they just feel so oh, yeah, that's okay, so connected with their team and whatever. It's like, guys, it's a fucking football team. You got more important things with your life. Like, get over it. But then I also have Viking friends that I was a part of a, a very long, season-long fantasy league until I quit like a couple of years ago, um, who are the same way. Like, on, their, on the group chat, like, what do you think the Vikings are going to do? What do you think they're going to do? 
uh, they're going to make a mistake like they always do, and then they're just never going to win. Trade three picks to the Lions. <laughs> they did trade a. They did trade a pick to the Lion or to the Lions. Three of them, I think. Oh, did they? Oh, or okay. two. Or two I, of them. Gotcha. I think. Wait, I think they traded two to the Lions and got three back or something. Yeah, let's get the Lions better. You know. I think that's a good idea. Those lovable losers. I got a Lions T-shirt here somewhere. Nice. I got a T-shirt for everything. Yeah, you got a Cecil's kid comes walking in and. Is, Cheering for the cheering for Vegas. I got a Vegas T-shirt. Yeah, solid. <laughs> nice. All right, I gotta go put those kids to bed anyhow. So, see you boys. Alrighty, fine. Bye, Cecil. We're done. All right, done. So, Chad will come Normal. back. Actually, before we turn it off, oh, Chad might come back, but whatever. Uh, I started playing Diablo t- today. I believe the ladder it. started 7 p.m. A buddy of mine uh, texted me and was like, "Hey, you gonna play D2?" He like hadn't talked to him in like six months, something like that, and he just randomly just fires off like, "Hey, you gonna play D two?" And I'm like, "Man, I don't know if I have the time." And he goes, "Well, it's gonna be on the 28th. It's gonna start like 6 p.m. or something." And I was like, "Okay, well, I'll think about it." And then he's like, "Oh, yeah." And I'm like, "Well, I'm also gonna play hardcore if anything." He goes. Yeah, I didn't like playing hardcore last time we played. I'm not <laughs> doing hardcore. So I'm like, okay, well, then I'm not playing with you because I'm right, not going to so do hardcore. Matter. Yeah. Yeah, so. I got I got into uh, got into the stony field before, right before we got on here. Oh, yeah? But I played for like a half hour. There's yeah. there's streamers. The uh, What the oh, hell is some streamers I can't stand. Uh, Mr. La, uh, Mr. Lama, Lama or Lama SC. Yeah, yeah. he's cool. He's uh, they're doing like a speed race. They started right when it started, so I had just got on like 15 minutes after it started. They're already in Act Three, and then a couple minutes well, later, I look, I look up and they're like chasing Bale down. I'm like, what the? F- they were well, timing it. it. It yeah, it's a race. They were doing practice runs, uh, like this whole last the last two months they've been doing practice runs. Oh, and I think they got through hell in four hours. Wow, so they're gonna be. They're well into nightmare because, like, the only hard part is normal for whatever reason. I don't get it, but like, normal takes at least for them like an hour and a half to two hours or whatever. And then each act after that is like 30 minutes to 45 minutes. So maybe they can do it sub four. Actually, yeah, I think I think they can do it within two hours if I think it correctly. I it's been a while, the whole thing, yeah, as an eight man because I think. Trying to beat it in an hour was the the goal. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it up right now and see where they are. Well, oh. if they're at bail before you even jumped on. That's a half hour, you know. Like the so they were 50 minutes in and they had just they had just finished bail and normal. Okay, then it's an hour. Yeah, they can finish it within an hour. The the, the yeah. world record for an eight man is like. I think it's actually just under an hour. It's like fifty-eight minutes. That's pretty good. Yeah. I got I got like five seconds left of this ad. I'll be able to see where they are. Act two. I assume this is hell. I can't I can't tell because they got a. Uh, I suppose I could bring up Twitch too. I got I got it on Twitch. I can't really tell what. Oh yeah, it's there. The Summoner Act Two. They just finished. So wow, in hell, <laughs> that's pretty amazing. Yeah, yep. 
Yeah, I don't know. I'll think. I'm thinking about playing it. Maybe this weekend. But like, I got I got a Lost Ark to play too. So I got. I'm I'm moving, so like you know, basically everything. Um, the this whole next month, every weekend is taken from either moving my shit up north, or packing, or whatever. So like, weekends are kind of taken by that, and then like Monday through. Well, really, it's Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday are like just trying to get all my data into the spreadsheets and shit like that. And mm-hmm. so that takes forever. And then you create a pod. And I usually just run it straight like we're doing right now, but I don't do it live. Um, that might take some time for me to actually get through. But yeah. yeah. I'm trying to figure out how to streamline it, make it faster. Yeah, I think that I think that's why they started doing live shows. And I would, yeah. I, I mean, it's done. Shows. Once I hit end broadcast, this is done. I right. just download it, and I put in the. Well, I, I actually didn't do them this time because I forgot. Because I'm a <laughs> really, because I'm a really good producer. Uh-huh. But put in the uh, timestamps in the comments, and then just take the audio, put it onto mm-hmm. Podbean. That loads it up to iTunes and wherever the hell it needs to go. Nice. And then it's then I'm done. It literally takes like four minutes to do everything. I would probably just go live on YouTube, and then yeah, that's what that's what we're doing here. It, we don't do uh, twi- uh, Twitter anymore. But it's I mean, just... I would use YouTube's platform to record myself. Like I would go through OBS, and that would just like record it on YouTube. And then when I hit end, it's already it's already in YouTube. Mm. So. I'll eventually get there. I'm just, I don't know. I think if I just try it once, I'm sure I'll just stick with it. It'll be fine. Yeah. 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 We'll see. I uh, officially signed up for these qualifiers, by the way. Okay. MGA amateur, MGA mid players, because I'm an old guy now, (laughs) and the state open. What is the qualification for mid? 35 and older? Thir- uh, 30. Hmm. I think. Or maybe... I I might be thinking of the U.S. mid-am. One of them's 30 and one of them's 32. I think. Or what? 31. Either way. I don't know. I No, it has to be 31 because I fit both now. Or maybe it's 29 and 30. I don't remember. But... No. I was like, do I? I was I was debating because I'm like, if I'm gonna do this, I kind of want to just play like the best players and just kind of see how I do. Because mm-hmm. like the the old saying, like you you can't be first unless you beat the best or whatever. So um, plus I like just like playing better competition. So I was like, well, maybe I'll just do the regular players event, and because in theory you would think mid players it's older dudes and it's like people that are afraid of doing like the actual open one but then i started looking back at like all the scores and where all the tournaments and stuff are and like the players there's just as good people playing in the the mid players as there are the regular players so i'm like it's it seems a little easier based on the scores i've seen to actually qualify for the mid players so that's why I went mid players instead of regular players. Yeah. And I've then, been paying I mean, attention to like the state open and stuff like that. 
and uh, mm-hmm. I know they play on really difficult golf courses. Yeah. Um, the qualifiers are on pretty hard courses too. Yeah. Like what for the U.S. Open or just for the State Open? The State Open. I have the U.S. or the. I mean, the U.S. Open obviously is hard. The regionals. I think there are. There's usually usually one site, if not two sites, in Minnesota, and most of the time, the winning score is like minus four. Yeah. But people who shoot even usually get put into a playoff where they have a really good shot of actually being like a a qualifier to go to because you go from sectionals to regionals right and then regionals gets you into the u.s open right but in minnesota i think it's pretty doable if you're on your game i was thinking about it like when i was playing my best golf i could have probably qualified for regionals um because there wasn't a golf course that was too difficult for me. Like I'd always play Giants Ridge from the tips, and that's a pretty long right. golf course. Right. Um, and I'd I'd be able to shoot subpar regularly. So right. like I'll, at my peak, I'm like I kind of want to play, but then I also didn't have money. So like uh, I that is a problem. I didn't have the four hundred dollars to play right. ever. You know, I I could have like asked for it for my parents or whatever, but. Me being young and being stupid, I'm like, no, if I can't afford it myself, then I'm not going to do it, you know? Right. I even had people willing to sponsor me when I was out in California, and I was like, no, I don't want to do it. I was so stupid Man. when I was younger. Right. I would have, I, well, I don't know what I would have done if I was younger, but I probably would have <laughs> taken that for sure. Definitely would now. If so, if somebody came up to me while I was ripping golf balls in the driving range, they're like, dude, you hit the ball really good. Like, here's 500 bucks. Go play this thing. I'd be like, where do you want me to put your logo, buddy? Like, you want it, you want it front and yeah. center on my hat? I'll put it right there, man. I don't think this company. I'm gonna look it up right now. But Simmons Mattresses, the guy who owned that, golfed at the golf course that uh, I was working at in California. And during my second year, he, yeah, Simmons Mattress. That's still a still a company, still producing stuff. So <laughs> Richard Simmons. That's rare for a mattress company, by the way. Yeah. They're usually in business for like two years, and then you see like those big ass yellow signs of foreclosing going out of sale. Yeah. You're going out of business sale 60%. Yep. <laughs> you just see those fucking everywhere. Yeah. So this guy, um, his dad must have was the founder. Anyways, his name was Richard. Um he or Robert. I can't remember. Anyways. Um, he played with a group of friends and they wanted me, I think I was going to play in a pro-am with them. Well, one of the, the events there, whether it was like the, uh, the American express or the craft Nabisco. Like oh, they, nice. They, it was something like that, or it was the tournament right before it, it was attached to it, but it was for the celebrities that, that part of it or whatever. And it was at a time I was dating a girl. I mean, my younger self just followed girls all over the place. So, like, I don't blame you. I brought a girl from Minnesota to California with me. She wanted nice. to move back early. So, we moved back early, but I had already been invited to play in this event. And I'm just, I ended up turning them down. That was supposed to be like my qualifier to determine if that Simmons wanted to, like, invest oh, shit. money into me to play professionally. Right. 
And I found that out like the day before I left because one of the other guys that was there, he's like, dude, this is really like disappointing. Like we were really looking forward to golf with you because it was actually not just him, but it was going to be another person. I got to use my computer to do stuff. So I got to go. See ya. Work. I got to work at 940. Fun stuff, man. Live. See ya. Good to see you. Bye. See you <laughs> but yeah, the, it was it was going to be a group of them that wanted to like invest in me. And I, again, stupid. The younger me, just so fucking dumb. I even, <laughs> I, I like, I refused to work in the iron ore mines up north, not even understanding how much fucking money people make in the iron ore mines. I was too right. proud. I was like, no, nah, I'm going to make it in the golf business. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. And like, Whereas like these high school kids are making $30 an hour just right out of high school to, to work in those, those iron ore mines. Plus you get double time for overtime and you get to work as much fucking overtime as you want. So like a buddy of mine would work 60 hours. His 20 hours were double pay. So he's getting $60 an hour. He's got $5,000 paychecks like every two weeks. And it's like, what? Like an older me now is like, are you seriously? Like if I go back, to my younger self, I'd smack <laughs> me right upside the face. Yeah. But there was a part of that too, is where I probably would never got out of the mines then, you know, and maybe, th- yeah, that is the, the worry that most people up North have is once you go in, you're probably never you can't out. get out. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard. Like if you, if you can make that much money, you do whatever you want, especially when you live up there. For sure. My, my sister bought a house, a two story house for $50,000. Jesus. Yeah. That's amazing. And that was, I mean, that was a while ago, but those houses now are $60,000 within the market now. It's like, they're not expensive. Right. And if you try buying that type of house down here, it's like $300,000 just to get a house like that. Right. So it's, it's because they know that nobody, nobody wants to live there. So to get, to get people to live there, they have to make housing. For, they in uh, I'm pretty sure it is in, I think it was in Tulsa. Just like nobody wants to live in Tulsa, so I think for I think for a while, or maybe they still are right now. They were paying people to move to Tulsa, giving them cash. Really to move there? <laughs> I oh. think I think it was Tulsa. It, it was Oklahoma for sure. I don't know if it was Tulsa for sure, but I. I think that's where it was. They were just giving people money to move there. Yeah, I think my now that I think of it, I think my mom's mortgage payment. She just bought a house last year, uh, up there. Her mortgage payment is six hundred dollars a month. That's amazing. Yeah, that's that is amazing. She pays less than half of what I pay just for rent here. Rent is also a scam, but I agree. I agree. Especially because you get nothing out of it other than a place to live, which I maybe and maybe that is worth it. I don't know, but and you get the freedom to leave whenever, essentially. Right. Well, kinda depending on what your contract says. Essentially, yeah. If you're if you're month to month, you have freedom to move any month. There was a there's a twenty five hundred dollar fee to move out of this place, um, at any point in time, plus one month's rent. So wow, it's, it's essentially like four thousand dollars to leave to break wow. your are you are you month to month or no. is it a yearly my this this last one was a nine month one because my girlfriend at the time when we signed this together um we wanted to take the spring to move 
you know, like oh, yeah. to find a house sense. to move to and, and then get all that stuff, you know, at that time. But obviously the relationship didn't work. I'm still happy because now I get to still move uh, away from this Why place. Do you want that, to, yeah. Yeah. Costs too much money. Dude, I'm right. golfing every single day when I move up north. Every day. You should. Maybe not Mondays. Mondays are super busy doing all the golf content and, and whatever, but. Right. Yeah. Dude, I've been playing. I actually, I've been playing a bunch through the cold weather. I haven't, I haven't been swinging as much as I, w- I would like to, but how many rounds I got in this year already? Hold on. Let me look. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight rounds. Play my ninth tomorrow this year already, and the the weather hasn't been above sixty yet. <laughs> Do you have that Minnesota pass? I forget. I have the Twin Twin Cities Golf Club. Okay, so it's fifty. Well, when I got into it, it's fifty five a month. I think it's more than that. I think it's like seventy a month now, or something like that. Gotcha. They got, and they change up the rules a little bit every year. So it's, I don't know exactly what they are anymore because they don't. Still really cheaper than paying full price. So, yeah, I mean, I, I played over a hundred rounds last year and it was, I, I kept a spreadsheet because I'm a spreadsheet nerd of what it cost me to play golf that day, which a lot of days was zero. If, it, if you played during the week, Monday through Thursday, and you walk free, free, I mean, you're paying the pass, whatever. Right. But you don't you don't give the course a dime, and then like on weekends, if you play between a certain time, it's like twenty five bucks or something like that. So including a cart. So I did the math and just kept a spreadsheet of every place I played, how much it cost me that day, versus how much it would have cost me if I would just would have made a tee time and paid for the the greens fees and the cart and whatever. So I put them side by side and I paid off the pass for the entire year you pay through, you pay it January through December, even though you're Mm -hmm. not playing golf. I paid it off last year in like June or something like that. That's amazing. I was, I was basically playing free golf for the rest June to November. Uh, the the pass at my municipal golf course where I'm going to be living for first, like a, they have a deal where if you haven't had a pass in like three years, it's $180. And wow. the greens for the are, year? Yeah. And the greens wow. are spectacular. Like our I've known this greenskeeper my whole life since I was super young. What are the um, greens fees? Are they cheap? It's 17 for nine. Um 24, 24 for 18. And then if you want a cart, it's like 21 for nine. And then it's only 28 for a cart, like for 18. So altogether, it's just under $50. Right. Um, for that's, a cart, 18 holes. But then obviously tax puts it up to over 50, something like right, that. Right, right, right. That's yeah. pretty standard for like a, even like a lot of the munis around here. It's, yeah. If you're going to go on a week, on a weekend and ride a cart you're looking at like 50 60 bucks usually so that's not horrible but right i mean yeah 180 bucks for the year shit i'd be i'd be all in it wouldn't even matter to me it wouldn't even matter if the greens were uh sand for 180 bucks and just take my 180 bucks here you go yeah thankfully this greenskeeper is super good like those greens are at, at their peak are comparable to giant's ridge 
and Giants That's Ridge amazing. has a full staff and you know qualified right. people yeah. to you know. So, you know, what I was gonna do. I was going to. This might be the cheapest. Well, I guess this isn't a private, a fully private course, so maybe it doesn't count. But for a course, and as as nice of it is, that is that has private in its name, uh, Stone Ridge. Oh yeah, in Stillwater. Mm-hmm. To get a, a yearly membership there is like twenty five hundred bucks or something like that okay. for the year, and it's like a lot of people put it as one of their top like five ten courses in the state i like playing it's like why why would i not just give you my 2500 bucks and maybe it's worth it maybe it's not but if you play enough but i i would make it worth it i mean then with that it comes like the range and you get discounts in the um that range sucks pro shop to be the range is horrible I hit I the couple of times I've been you there. Even, I was, you, you hitting your driver, you're hitting it out out of the range. You're exactly on, onto the onto the golf course. I was hitting it onto the golf course. Yeah. And if you're if you're a member, there's like member tees in the back. Oh really? Yeah. So if so if you Solid. go back there and start hitting driver, no, you're, hitting, you're hitting it into people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the range is pretty brutal, but the course is insane. You know what though? Like that range could be better if they don't have stupid fucking greens where your wedges are like they have those turtleback uh greens the the crowned greens yeah. that you're hitting wedges onto and you can't even dial anything in because if you hit it too short it spins off if you hit it too long it just takes a fucking huge ass bounce and it goes off the green it's like yep. okay i don't know how my wedges are are dialed in at all Right. You know, if you hit that one perfect one that lands right next to the cup and just stops right there, that's it. Yep. I try not to even when I'm when I'm on the range. Sometimes I will, but a lot of times I'll just like I'll look at a flag that's just way gone. That's like driver flag, mm-hmm. just 250, and I'll tip my wedges and I'll just aim at that flag. Okay. And all I'm looking for is what my curve is going to be that day and how far it's going to go, because I don't. Yeah. I'm just spin is kind of a big deal when you're on the course, but I don't, I don't even know if you can, maybe you have better eyes. Well, I have good eyes, but maybe you have better eyes than me. I don't know if I could hit a wedge to a hundred yards and just watch it spin and then know what it's going to do on the course on, on like a practice. I I guess. I mean, I don't really care about spin either. It's just most about control. Like I want to see my wedges perform the way that I need them to. So I want a green, like if I if I laser off a green and I'm like okay, that's seventy yards. I'm gonna hit my seventy yard shot. If I can't like I'm gonna get really frustrated if I can't get anything to stop by the hole within like the first five to ten shots. Sure. So it's like if I'm hitting at those pins at Stone Ridge, what's the point? You know, like I'm just gonna. That's, and, and that's, that's why what, I don't usually. Well, right, but then, I mean, especially for someone like you, half your game is gonna be your wedge game. For so sure. like you, why wouldn't you want to be able to dial in your wedges when you're on the driving range and you don't even have yeah. that luxury at that golf course. So, no. so what I, I just, I just put a launch monitor down behind me. Okay. And just, That's it fair. tells me the number. So, sure. and, and I'm, and, it, and if I don't bring it out and I'll, I can, if I'm aiming at flags, I'm watching, if I pick a flag and it says 105, I got 105 shot in me. So. I'm taking my 105 shot and I'm just watching where the first bounce is. And I don't care where it goes after that. 
because I mean, on, yeah, on, I the, on the golf course too, it's yeah, downhill eyes up, side hill. Like what happens on the on the range means almost nothing on the golf course. So I just I just look to see where it hits the first time, and then whatever happens after that, whatever. I mean, I guess but I agree. It is frustrating when you a if big you hit part it, of it like, for me. I guess it's the visualization. Exactly. You know? If you see something in your brain, because golf's very visual. Yep. See a shot, hit the shot, and if it doesn't do what you think it does it once you put it in the air like it's that's pretty frustrating so yes i agree so, so I, I i try and take because i think it would be for me too so i just try and take that out <laughs> so i just yeah. i hit it just in the middle of nowhere sometimes just to i mean for me if i'm going to the driving range i'm taking my three iron out or my three wood and i'm hitting them off the ground to see how well am i striking the golf ball and what kind of control do i have with the ball flight Sure. That, that usually will tell me what I can expect. And then my last couple swings are going to be my, my first tee shots, you know, like what I want to do off that first hole. If I know what the first hole's doing and then right. I'll just hit until I feel comfortable that I know what I want to do on that first hole and then move on from there. Right. But anyways, yeah. Stone Ridge. There's a couple holes I absolutely love. And there are a couple holes I would love to get back to just to like, conquer because there's some of them have gotten the best the of me place, what's that i love the whole place i yeah. don't think there's a hole i hate i can't think of a hole off the top of my head that i i don't like because like i think hole two is that par five that kind of dog legs both directions but just slightly yep that that one i mean as long as you don't miss left you're, you're gonna be in the fairway because that stupid hill on the right just the hill rolls everything down yes. to the fairway <laughs> um, and then the green isn't hard to hit because wherever you're hitting your driver, like I'm not as deep as you, but I'm not hitting anything more than 220. So I'm getting to the green pretty easy. Right. Yep. That next par five is a lot of fun. I love I love par fives like that where you have an elevated green with a shitty ass bunker right in front of it. And, and it's, it's a narrow green. So yeah, you got to oh, yeah. shape something into it. So like yep. I I've hit like. I hit one of the best shots I've hit ever. Uh, and I banana sliced it. Just a big fucking <laughs> slice. Because you know that green sits like yeah. sideways. Yep. So I wanted it to come in from 90 degrees. And it did. Yep. But it's still like I I landed it in the middle of the green. And it's just too narrow. It didn't hold. It rolled yep. off into the... It actually rolled, bet- it rolled right at the spot where the fescue is and the rough. Because you know that's only like three feet off of the green. Yep. So it was right there. I ended up nudging a five wood like onto the green, like just next to the hole. So I was real close to eagling that hole. But it's like, oh, if I had a wind in my face, I would have held that green. You know, I would have had to have hit a different club, but it that was a that's a fun hole. I like holes like that. It is. I put so the first I've played it three times the first two times i went for the green on that mm-hmm. hole first time hit it and it on stuck hill. into like the short into the bank and rolled back into the mm-hmm. bunker that's okay. impossible bunker to get out of oh like, yeah. yeah i don't care how wide open you flip your 60 degree wedge like it's it's almost impossible to get it up onto the green you it's you should probably just hit it backwards to be honest <laughs> with you and just hit it out of the fairway so and then the second time i actually got it there but I stuck it into the bank 
yeah. on the top of the green and it didn't come back down. And that's shit to hit out of. Yeah. And the, so the, the third time, just I'm sitting dead center in the fairway. And I'm like, I've learned wow. my lesson. So I, I hit like, I had like a seven iron just down to the, like the bottom of the hill and just hit a wedge up there and I probably got a par, but yeah, it's like, what I hit that bunker that. one time before too. The best I got was in the rough long. Yeah. You can't get it up. I mean, you can flip that thing open as far as you want. Take as big a swing as you want. You're not getting it up there. Yeah. A buddy <laughs> told me he was watching. He goes, yeah, you landed that pin high, but it just, it didn't, it couldn't, or it didn't check. And I'm like, well, yeah, because basically at its apex is when it lands. Like there's no right, bad exactly. that, that can exactly. be put on it. <laughs> yeah. We're, uh, I had a lesson on Monday. We were doing some bunker work and uh, we were in like a pretty deep bunker at Troy Byrne. And uh, my coach was like, yeah, just like, you know, flip it open and, you know, take like a pretty hard swing. So I'm, I'm doing this and like balls coming out pretty good. And it's like hitting the green and rolling. Cause it's like coming out pretty flat, hitting the apex and going pretty much. And I'm like, dude, I'm like really trying to hit this thing high up in the air. And he's like, dude, you're like 10 feet below the green. Like you're hitting it really high. It's just, yeah. you have to hit it high to get up there. And I'm like, oh, that's a pretty good point. Yeah. It's pretty wow. funny. The, uh, so we did some chipping before that. And, uh, he starts throwing balls into the bunker. He goes, let's, you know, let's hit some bunker shots. And he's like, what, what's your, uh, what's your strategy out of the bunker? Are you like a chunk and run? Or are you like a hit it high and try and stop it guy? And I'm like, now that you ask, I don't really know. I try not to hit it in the bunkers. <laughs> that's that's I have no clue. Point. I have no clue what I'm doing in the bunkers. So here's something to here's some food for thought. I just I just started learning about this this last year because I started messing around with it. Using the I, I know most people know this, and I'm sure you already know this too. Using the bounce of your wedge, yeah. use it throughout the course. I don't know if yeah. you it, if you've done it like chipping around the green, yep. But it is amazing. I thought yeah. you needed to clip a shot as clean as possible to get backspin on it. No, until I learned about using the bounce. You know, you know, lean your shaft forward, open your club up, and just let the bounce just skid off the ground, and it just keeps that ball on your face longer. You'll hit it lower, and it'll be a spinny shot. Like, yep. I don't know why no one has ever been able to tell me that. Like, cause I'm a technical person. You got to teach me technically. Right. Most people are like, well, you got to catch a clean first. You need clean. You need your clean grooves on your golf club. Well, no shit. Yep. You need a clean <laughs> golf ball. Yeah. No shit. And then you need to catch it clean. Okay. Like, <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah. Catch it. Okay. Catch it clean with what? A closed club face. Okay. Now I'm not getting any, <laughs> like I'm not getting any backspin, you know, no. like, but I'm catching it clean. And I literally thought you had to hood everything to get backspin. And that's how it was just taught. I mean, I come from a small yep. fucking school, Northern Minnesota. Right, right. Yep. Our, our coaches are just babysitters. They're not teaching you anything. Right. So anyways, out of bunkers, depending on the firmness of the sand, I like, if it's hard sand, I don't flip it open at all. I don't hadn't before. Yeah. And, but if it's soft, then yeah, flipping it open will get you that nice, clean, crisp, you know, contact, but it, it varies on how much you open it up. Like yep. you don't want to open it up completely 
when you still have somewhat firm of sand, like that's why you dig into the sand and right. feel how like the wetness underneath, like some people yep. don't understand why they're digging into the sand. They just so, see other people do it. They're like, Ooh, right. I'm going to do that. <laughs> but it's to feel the firmness of the sand. Yeah. And then that should determine how much you open your golf club up to use your bounce. Right. Not so much to get loft. Like that's just going to happen, but to get bounce. Right. Um, exactly. The steeper you are with your golf swing, the higher you're going to hit it. So right. that's another thing you could you could try in the bunkers is trying to do more of a steeper golf swing. But that yep. requires your contact to be more perfect because right. the ellipses of your golf swing is narrower. Right. I think that's Dude, the, the right term. We're, so so again in this in this bunker we're we're sitting there. I hit two ellipses. two in a row. One was like I got it up pretty high, but I just didn't give it enough, so it was like pretty short. The second one I hit for a bunker shot, I hit thin, so it like flew over the green. And uh, he's like, "Dude, uh, I need you to do three things." He goes, "Flip the face open more." This is a problem I have with probably any wedge. Is I'm like, mm-hmm. I start flipping the wedge open because I'm like, I want to get some uh, some height on it, mm-hmm. but I'm not flipping it open far enough. I, like I'm flipping it open, thinking it's open, but then it's like closer to square than it is open sometimes. Mm. So he's like, dude, like it needs to look like a pancake under there. And I'm like, all right, fine, I'll do that. He's like, second, you're putting weight on your front foot, but just put all of it on your front foot. Just put nothing on your back foot this time. And I'm like, fine. Mm-hmm. He goes, second or third, very steep and take a full swing. Fine. So I do in my head, I'm like, fine, I'm gonna do all this. So wait way forward. I got this thing flipped open. It feels like it's aimed. 90 degrees to the right take this massive backswing and this is like a very like short-sighted shot by the way take this massive backswing that's i feel like it's just straight up mm-hmm. i come straight down on it pops straight up in there two bounces goes right in the fucking cup that's awesome <laughs> as a teacher like i've i've done that before and it's like you know you yeah. can you can go like i told you but then it's like yeah. that's just luck you know yeah. but oh he he knew it too that's was, cool though. Like that's awesome. But it's got it had to make him feel good too because I've done that too. I'm not a teacher or anything. I try and help people, but I if I tell somebody to do something and it like works out, I'm like, dude, that feels pretty good. So yeah, that's awesome. I mean, he's he teaches like most of the best like juniors and stuff in Minnesota and Wisconsin. So he he sees good shit all the time. But right, it was it was. I mean. I was struggling and he's like, dude, just do these things. And then the ball just went in the hole. It was amazing. Awesome. <laughs> I love when that, sh- that, that stuff works. Do you know try... Yesterday I didn't get to hit out of a bunker, so I don't I didn't get to try it. Do you, uh, when, so whenever I open up the club, depending on the shot and what I'm trying to do, um, I will kind of try to follow uh never mind i i do an outside in swing basically like i i will you try uh, and cut across it yeah yes yeah so i'll i'll flip it out you know like out here as opposed to like a normal golf swing is coming here i'll swing out up here and then cut you know across it yep to try to follow the the path of because your 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 stance will most likely be open some people uh, teach not to do that um and that's usually when I can hit the highest 
flop shots, but I'd have to double. Yeah. I'd have to try that again. I'm not sure exactly how. I have I I tried to do that a few times, and I my swing is just for whatever reason can't get it out of my brain. It's very handsy. Mm-hmm. So if I'm taking it way out here, it's the hands are already there. If you're here, the only way to get it like down in a, a decent spot to contact the ball is just all rotation because you're already here. You don't need to – if you start flipping your hands, you're just going to dump it in the ground probably. Or you could think about like a Sergio. You know, he yeah, does that I mean, leg. Well, he's he goes up here, and then he just like drops his hand, and then you can right. – yeah. There's a lot going on there. But in in general, if you're coming out here to get it to the ball, you just have to turn. Yep, it's absolutely. very DJ style. He just kind of gets Correct. gets it up here and just turns. I'm not a turner. I'm more of like a handser. So I got to come here. And then when I'm turning, I can flip it a little bit and it flips the club face open yeah. for me. So that's well, that's good with flop shots. Like having yeah. being more handsy as opposed to like a Jason Day where he doesn't move his hands whatsoever. Right. And then, right. Just depends on how how you how you feel with it. Yeah, he I, we were we were doing some chipping and my coach was like, Yeah, just we'll just work on like some some body rotations while you're chipping. And so I'm feeling like I'm doing that. So I'm like, I'm almost gripping the club, like super tight. Like all I want to do is rotate. Yeah. And I take like two or three. He goes, dude, you're still flipping at it. <laughs> so we just, just abandon it. I mean, it's just uh, something I can work I, on it all I want, but I've started doing, um, cause I know I, I, I fall into the, the, the trap, not so much the trap, but like, Early extension is is my biggest pitfall when it comes to golf swings, and it happens mostly when I get tired. Um, yeah, but I'll think of, do. I don't, I don't, I don't do this because of George Genkis, but he is somebody that I can relate this to because I was taught by someone else to feel like someone is grabbing your back pocket, your left back pocket, and just like pulling it, you know, so it helps you rotate your hips, right, and and. You want when you get to the back of your golf swing or the top of your golf swing, someone to start your golf swing, have someone pull that pocket. And what will happen, what you'll see is nothing moves, right? Nothing, you're not starting your hands down, you're not moving your shoulders. If you start your hips first, everything just naturally comes like right, it does. Turns. And you've not done anything, you've not done anything with your right. hands yeah. or with your, your shoulders, but just turning your hips first brings you from like up here to down here already right, yeah. like puts you in the slot essentially. So yep. then if you can fire your hips like a Matthew wolf, then everything comes with it pretty naturally. And, but it, it is hard to get used to. Did you, do yep. you, do you watch barstool sports? Like uh, Riggs, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. when, when yeah, Riggs I, I went with uh, Genkis. Yep. Oh my God. That's pretty wild. That guy is so not flexible whatsoever no. rigsy no talk about a bad golf swing too <laughs> it's the, the that's the best part about golf is your your swing can suck like he he can i guarantee he watches his own swing and says this is a bad golf swing he, <laughs> yeah, I guarantee, yeah i guarantee he will admit he probably has admitted that on the internet mm-hmm. but he's he's an athlete like d1 hockey player like yep. so he you do something enough, he can figure out like how to his brain can figure out how to make his body move so that the ball goes in a general direction that he's hoping. 
And then obviously you go to Gankus and whatever, and he can like tweak things for you. But for like trying to overhaul his swing to make it look like Adam Scott's, he's just never going to happen. He has to, he has to do something else. Yeah. Functionally that maybe wouldn't work for like an Adam Scott or somebody just to well, compensate for the part where he can't move. His yeah. It's a problem well, for a lot of people, by the way, but okay. So that's the thing is, is you, you know, this better. Well, you know, this as well as most people it's, it depends on who your teacher is like for sure. Me telling you some like grab, you know, grab the back pocket and, and rotate might not produce the results that I would want you to have because right. something in your head, when you hear that, it just, you interpret it different. But For if sure. someone else were to say, well, think about, you know, like something like a, a, a tool that a, a mechanic uses or a construction worker uses or whatever. And like a ratchet, or I'm just making shit up now, but like, something like that and it's like okay you know that kind of tool and you go yeah now think of how that works and then just think about what you need to do to get that thing to turn that's what you want to do with right. your body and for you it's gonna be like okay and then you do uh, it and it works and i'm like it looks like someone just grabbed your back pocket you know and it's like right it just it's yep. so the hard part about teaching is just like figuring out how the other person's interpreting what you're saying 100 yeah because i can that's, say something that's how the best teachers work right they just I figure out how you learn best five different five different ways uh and it will all get interpreted differently based off of the person yep it'd be interesting to uh because uh martin's is like a big teacher guy he's is like he? teaches guitar and oh, stuff music music yeah yeah, yeah yeah but i mean i mean the best teachers in anything golf music right school math what like whatever yes. they the best teachers have some type of philosophy or some way to learn how their students learn mm -hmm. and then teach them that way so like i'm i'm very certain that my coach no has gotten to know me over two and a half years or so figured out that i'm very analytical very math based yep, yep. very athletic so like he can like tell me things that are like, and he knows I play basketball, so he can give me basketball references and stuff like that. Yep. So he can he can feed me those things, and then in my brain, that makes sense to me. He can go to somebody else, and that might be a hockey player or somebody that is a brand new learner that only like studied like history or something. He'll, he'll teach them completely different, and then they'll learn just as good as I might learn. So the teaching is like teachers are incredible. That the good teachers anyway. That for learning who they're teaching to and then teaching them their style instead of just saying oh it's it's my way or the highway and if you're if you right. learn it great if you don't then that's your fault not mine which i is mean you make a, a really good point we had a math teacher at my high school who it made sense in his head how he was teaching and and he would teach it and there'd be half the class that didn't understand it. And he'd sit there like, does anyone have questions? And of course, being that young in high school, no one really answers, asks questions. No. So like we'd be working on our, our homework right there in class and he'd walk around. He goes, what's going on guys? Like, how are you not picking this up? And it's like, well, we don't, <laughs> yeah, exactly. we don't understand what you just taught us. He's like, well, why don't you ask us questions? Like fair enough. But then he would, he would try to teach you the same shit. You know, like I would, I think the same way about George Genkis. He teaches one thing 
And if it clicks with you, perfect. And if it doesn't, he keeps beating you up with it to try to, you know, get you to understand what you, whatever. Cause right. I think very narrow minded when it comes to coaching, but with that teacher, then he would have assistants that understood what he was trying to do. And then they would teach us, right. You know, what would make sense to us. And it's like, how are you a teacher? How is that your profession? Like right. you can be a really good mathematician and you can explain it however it makes sense to you. But to be a teacher, you have to be able, you have to explain it where everyone else. You got to adapt. Yeah. I yep. feel the same way it's, about it. It's amazing. That, and that's what separates the the best from just yeah. somebody that went to school to do it for a job. And they, but you know, people love teaching too, by the way. I mean, it's not like if, it's not like if you don't love teaching, you're a bad teacher. Like it, that's not how right. it works. Like people love to do it, but it's the really good ones are the ones that can figure out who their students are and how they learn best. And then right. you, you cater your teaching to that, not, expect someone to cater their learning to how you teach agreed totally agreed. pretty crazy so i would i would love to talk to martins about that because i know he's a i he i'm pretty sure he takes his guitar teaching pretty seriously so and i know and i got i got him uh i got him hooked up with a golf coach in fargo nice kind, kind of he asked me for coaches I looked up some names because I'm a nerd and looked and did that. And I gave him a name and then I asked my coach for a name, gave him, gave me the same name to give him. <laughs> so gave him the name. And apparently like Martin's is telling me, uh, him and this guy like geeked out about like teaching and golf and guitar awesome. for like, for like an hour the other day. Super. So cool. I, I'm pretty sure he takes it pretty seriously. Hell yeah, man. That would be fun Just to pick cool. his brain. I, I want to see I his self swing too. Martin's, yeah, I got a couple of videos. He was he sent me some videos that he was he was playing indoor golf. Obviously, uh, he was he was asking me for I don't know if it was advice or just to like critique with from what I know. So I gave I gave him some swing advice. Not that not that I'm qualified to do that, but it's 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 actually I don't know what you think it is, but it's probably I don't know. I was going to say it's not as bad as you might think it is, but maybe you don't think it's bad, but it's, he's a lefty. It mm -hmm. looks like a pretty typical lefty swing, actually. Okay. Ro rotates around the ball pretty good. Interesting. Little, yeah. I, uh, I... Little early extension, but who doesn't? Who doesn't? I, if I remember correctly, Chad has some, oh, or some early extension. <laughs> Chad, Chad has a lot of early extension. Yeah. Very over the top. Still hits a draw every once in a while, somehow. Somehow. <laughs> somehow. <laughs> He's gonna listen back to this if he even gets he probably doesn't have the attention span to get to through two hours to get It'll, to the he will, I guarantee he will listen to this. Guaranteed. Oh yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then he's gonna hear us uh shit talking his golf swing. That's fine. Yeah, he probably doesn't care. No, probably not. Hopefully well, we can get all of it because you're so you're moving up north, right? Yeah. So we last year we didn't because golf courses were closed and everybody was having babies and stuff. So last year we didn't go, but we the year before, uh, Chad and I went up to Geneva in Alexandria. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of it. So I don't, I that's probably uh, more west than where you're going, I would guess, but it's like. 
it's like between here and Fargo. It's like mm-hmm. halfway or pretty close to I halfway. I know where Alexandria is. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like that's where we met up with. I mean, with in all Martin. reality, anything within in Minnesota is is on the table. Easy to yeah. get to. I would say this, like, I wouldn't want to get anywhere closer to Albert Lee. I also wouldn't imagine there's super good golf courses going south of Minnesota. Like, I'm no, sure there, there might be, but like when it becomes more open plains and stuff like that, I I just you're playing link style golf, which is is fun. But um have we talked about the jewel before? We might have talked about the jewel before. Yeah, a little in bit. Lake City. I think so. It's pretty south. It's well, it's linksy, just like you say, but it is fantastic. I think one of my past uh, professors at UW Stout used to, or he he might be the head pro there still. His name's Howie. I'm not sure. I've only been there once. Says, okay, but it's it's good stuff. I don't, I don't know if there's any other good course like more like more south, but that's pretty fantastic i went to stout for golf enterprise management and our director at the time was a hippie just some dude with long ass beard always braided always had braided hair his place smelt of incense all the time like when you went to his office <laughs> he, was, he was a hippie he retired he started up the program he retired and a girl named aaron or a woman i should say named aaron something came in uh and it just happened to be she was an assistant golf pro at aaron hills before it nice. was before it was really even built like oh nice it was, it was being built or it had just been built or something like that and so her big thing was oh this is such a great golf course the pga tour has to come here with the u.s open like it is the hardest golf course they will ever play ever you know whatever and then obviously no wind happened and it was kind right. of one of the lowest u.s open scores <laughs> Right. I wish I was there just to listen to her talk about it because she she probably would be backstepping like, okay, well, there, there was no wind. There was no wind. But <laughs> the entire time, man, I that I went to school there, her big thing was, it's the best golf course. Best golf course. I want to play. Uh, It'd be a lot of fun. I I think the, the U.S. Mid-Am is at Aaron Hills this year. Oh, very cool. So we'll see. I, I said, we'll, I'll we'll see how I'm that. feeling in like mid May. Mm-hmm. So like in like three or four weeks here and my, how my game's going, I might try and qualify for that. Okay. I think you need like a 1.2. I'm below that at the moment. Although we'll see, I haven't put yesterday's score in yet. So we'll see how that changes it. Last week's pod. When, when Cecil was like, get your handicap ready. I didn't know what mine was. So I was looking it up throughout the show. And so I pasted it yeah. in the YouTube chat. It's a plus 0.7. Zero. Plus 0.7. Yeah. I, That's I really put, good. And I didn't golf a lot last year. I put a lot of my tournament rounds in there, and I put it under tournament scoring because I think that's what yeah. you're supposed to do. You are, yeah. Um, and I, honestly, to me, I mean, my best round I think last year was probably a, a 70 and a par 72 or something like that, and I only did it once. And I think the next best score was a par, like par, just 72. Right. Yeah. So to get a plus 0.7 had to have just been like some kind of conditional based off of the tournament, <laughs> the tournament score. Yeah. Because it's like when it when it all got calculated, I'm like, no, come on. Like when I'm not golfing a lot, I'm like a three. You know, right. I just I just tell people I'm a three. Some people just they'll protest it up north. Like if I'm golfing in a tournament that requires a 
handicap. I'm like, well, I'm a three. They're like, no, you're not. You're not a three. Like, don't give us that shit. And I'm like, <laughs> if I play 36 holes, I'm going to shoot 37 to 39 pretty regularly. And if I play 18, it's going to be somewhere between 75 and 78. Like, right. I'm, I'm not playing good golf because I'm just not playing a lot of golf. So not it yet. is correct. Exactly. I am a three. A three is pretty, like, pretty even for me. And then when I go golf, it's like I play the best round of my life during that time. Like, seriously, you weren't a three. Right. Yeah. I love that. I, it's like, but that's how handicap works. I like yeah. Cecil had uh, a couple weeks ago, Cecil said something about how he wanted to destroy the handicap system on the show. Yeah. We haven't got to that yet. I hope, I hope we can get to it so he can give us his opinion. Yeah. That, I think it's, is- I think it's actually, I don't think it's bad. I think the, uh, the overall, uh, oh, I don't know. Not opinion isn't the right word, but how people think about it when they're like, "Oh, you're a you're a scratch handicap, you're a zero. They just assume that that means you shoot even par every time you play golf. Like a zero, if you're a zero, your average is zero, mm-hmm. or if you're a five, your average is five over, or if you're a ten, your average like that's not how it works. So that's. I think that's where people get all messed up with. I, I actually don't think it's a horrible system if people just knew like how the system worked. Like I'm a point seven, and yesterday I shot at eighty five, and like that's that's within the realm of scores for me. Right. I shot at eighty five, and I wasn't like that was the worst round of golf I, I could mean, ever the, play. It's close, but like it's within the realm of scores yeah. for me. The only thing I don't like about it is they're only going to take your top set ten scores. So that 85 is going to be kicked out of there eventually. And then, right. And now it's like, oh, this is your potential. It might actually never be used. Right. It might not, it may never be used. It probably won't won't ever be used. I don't like it, but I do. Uh, It's flawed, but I don't know how to make it better. Like you can make it all raw scores and then just do the flat average. And also golf courses with their ratings. Now, never mind. There's different T boxes, and that's why. You know, if you wanted to play a true par 72, choose the right tee box and play a par par 72. You're going to go play from the tips. Like at the Ridge, it's like 75.9 from the tips at the Quarry Golf Course. So if I go there and I shoot 72, technically I'm three under based off of, you know, the average, uh, an average golfer playing that from back there. Right. So that kind of helps me out too. Like if I ever play, I'm I'm more likely going to be playing at the Ridge a lot this year, maybe once a week, hopefully. Um, I I desperately wanted to break their course records. Desperately, <laughs> it was it's a bet that means somebody up there are we. It's an active bet. I still would hold him against it, and I'm I hope he would still hold me against it. Um, the the course record at the quarry sixty six. And the course record that seems at not low. the legend is say? 66. Yeah. So both of them are 66. It used to be 66 at the legend and 67 at the quarry could still be 67 at the quarry, but I'm pretty sure it's 66. Now that doesn't seem very low to me. It isn't, but then you also have to realize there's no forgiveness at that golf course. Like sure. the fairways are pretty wide, but if you miss it offline left or right, it's all trees in the trees. Yep. yep. So you you have to and classic Minnesota course, <laughs> right? It's they're thick trees. It's not like you know the RBC Heritage where you hit it into the trees and it's like oh you've got 
you know, every tree is like trimmed up to 10 feet high. Right. You can take a, you can damn near take a full swing at everything. Yeah, exactly. And then you can hit a golf ball through a window. There's, there's like no (laughs) windows here. That's how I got, that's how I got screwed yesterday. Driver was not on and it's like, it's a townie course. So it's, you can, you can miss if you want, it can be another fairway, but if you miss, hit it in the fairway, it's good. If you miss decently bad, Mm-hmm. You're in the trees. If you miss really bad in a different fairway, I don't miss really bad anymore, really. So I'm missing decently bad. So I missed decently bad on like every damn tee shot. So I'm just sitting under trees all day. I probably, I probably had to hit punch outs on 12 holes yesterday. Do you, like, have a, <laughs> you can't score doing that. Do you have a fairway finder shot off, off the, the tee? tee? Yeah. I, I, well, I can. So if I caddy for you, you're basically just going to be launching it each time. <laughs> I, I'm, I, well, in competition, that would be different. If I like, if yesterday I was like, I'm, I'm going to try and win the, if it's a tournament, if I'm going to win the tournament, the course is short. It's like 6,300 or something from the back tees. So I'm just going to grab my hybrid and my, I can carry my hybrid 250 and that's fine. And it'll be in the fairway. But, like score didn't really matter to me yesterday. So I'm hitting driver everywhere. One, because I like hitting driver and it's fun. And two realized it was bad. And I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to use my brain and try and figure out how to make it work on the course in case I need to do that when it matters down the road. So I'm, I'm banging driver everywhere just to see if I can fix it at that point. Oh yeah. Which I I think, well, I mean, there's when you're practicing, I, I think when you don't have anything coming up, you know, you don't have a tournament within the week or whatever, the best bet to do is try to figure out your max potential. So obviously for right. you, it's going to be hitting the driver as far as you can, as close to the hole as you possibly can right. to see, to see what that looks like, you know, cause you're going to go up to that next shot and depending on whatever you do with it, you're just going to know, okay. I can hit the ball to this point and this is the type of shot that I'm going to have, you know, if you continue to do that. Whereas if you, if you don't do it and you're feeling good with your driver and you're hitting your driver really well, then you have no idea what that shot feels like that second shot. And like, that's what, I mean, I, I know you're already comfortable with a lot of those shots, but like you ever play in a scramble with somebody who isn't used to hitting 40 yard shots, 60 yard shots. This, this is a, this is a problem. We, we were going to have a, we're, uh, we were going to have a guy on today that recently got engaged. So we we're going to ask him some questions. I play most of my scrambles with him, whether it's four person or just me and him as a two person, he refuses to hit the ball. Like if it's a 350 yard hole, there's an iron or a hybrid coming out because if that ball goes into the 60 yard range, his brain is melted. Yeah. A so, buddy of mine. So, can't play, do that so him playing scrambles with me is bad because he'll, we'll, we'll get to the 350 yard hole, which I can sometimes get to, like I hit it onto the green to 10 feet yesterday on a 350, 60 yard hole yesterday. So I can get it to that green or close. Mm-hmm. We have him start off the tee shot and he just pulls out his hybrid or his foreign or whatever it is and bangs it out into the fairway. And then he's like, all right, just swing away, which I do. And then if it's playable, we go play it. And then afterwards we'll, we'll have a 
20, 30, 40, 50, 60 yard shot, whatever it is. And afterwards, he's like, he'll hit a bad shot. He's like, well, fuck, I just don't like playing that range. And I'm like, oh, I knew that. Why did I even hit driver? Like, I put me. So then it's just me trying to have a good shot instead of having both of us in the range where, like, he feels comfortable. So probably should figure that out since we played together. (laughs) It's, it's, It's exactly it. It's. Well, I mean, you gotta miss it because they're not full swings. You gotta miss the right spots. Like it, you know, if you have that 350 yard hole and you place it 20 yards right of the green, and there's a bunker (laughs) between you and the pin, most people, like they just they they're so afraid of that shot. Whereas you're just like, well, it's it's another day in paradise for me. Like I'm not even looking at that bunker. It's not even a big deal to me. But for whatever reason, these people are like. It's a 20 yard shot. I don't know what that feels like in my swing. And there's that bunker. I need to hit it up. And it's like every single time, no matter how much you try to like prep them with, Hey, just swing down at it. Don't try to pick it up. Just drive through it. And if you're long, that's okay. We, we want, we want to see that first one long and then they fucking flub it and it goes in the bunker or it goes before the bunker. And it's like, right. Or maybe worse. They knife it and it goes into the trees out of bounds. Oh God, yeah, that's true. Knifing it into the trees is is pretty bad as well. It's so, I mean, like that that whole conversation we had today with with golf and psychology. It's it's just a psychological game. If you can master sure. the the psychology of it, you're going to be a decent golfer, right? It's For sure. Is, yeah, but a buddy of mine, like you, we play in scrambles all the time. And depending on whatever hole we're on, sometimes like in the golf courses we play, we've, we've played forever. So I know where there's speed slots and stuff like that. And when I connect with one, it's like, okay, almost drove the green on this one. We got a 20 yard ship, a chip. This isn't difficult, but it's a crown green. Like my home course, it's nothing but crown greens. It's a crown green. And he himself just thinks he needs to hit the ball way up in the air. It's like, yeah, you, you don't need to, you don't need to nope. Just hit a normal shot into the green. It's gonna grab because the greens are just pure. They're 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 bent grass greens. Usually have too much thatch, so they're very sticky. Sure. Um, so they're gonna grab. Like I like I'm telling them, like they're gonna grab. Just hit a normal shot, and he can't do it. He tries to hit it up in the air, and when he does that, he falls on his back foot. He thins it or he chunks it. And it's like, yeah. fuck, dude. You yeah. just needed to hit a normal shot. Now now it's in my head. Like now oh, yeah. I got to go up and I, I have to put something on the green. And a lot of times I'm just like, the way I get through it is just being pissed off. Like, I'm like, fine, <laughs> I'll show you how to fucking do this, you know? And I'll go yeah. up there and I'll, I'll hit a shot. Uh, and it'll always have acceleration. Like I'm never slowing down on, on whatever. So the only worst thing that could happen for me is if I thin it and it goes, right. Yeah. But I'm also not really concerned about that. Like, I don't think I'm going to do that. But right. I can't get it as close as I want to because I just know we got to be on the green. Right. Yeah. You can't. You can't take a little more aggressive line because right. it's. You have and to oh, make sure you can have a putt. Yeah. And by the way, that green goes from back to front, slopes back to front. I'd like to be before the pin, but you just saw someone chunk it. It's like, well, yep. I'm not going to be easy with it. So now we're behind <laughs> the pin, downhill pin, lightning yep. fast greens. This putt fucking sucks. And it only was caused by it because I had to do it. I had to play that shot <laughs> right. that way. Yep. Oh. 
No, it'll be fun if you and I can play in some some tournaments, whether it's best ball or scramble. It'd be fun to. Uh, we should, yeah. It would be see fun. how close we can get to greens. We can get close. I can promise you. As as long as I'm hitting it all right, or you're hitting it all right. I mean, I I hit it very far, so I'm probably going to be able to unlock things for you. Like, I'm pretty steady off the tee. I I can reach for power, but I'm more control. So Good. you that's you'll... that's that's what I need in a teammate. Even best ball or scramble. Like if I. Because if I'm gonna hit it out of bounds on courses that have out of bounds in them, I'm just gonna do that because yeah. it's. And I'm, I love I'm pressure. Never be accurate, but. So it, it, whether you want me to go first and put it in the fairway, that'd be fine. Or if you want me to follow you to see what you do, I, I, it's not gonna bother me one way or the other. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. I, well, it doesn't matter to me either, really. I mean, if it, it might actually free, it might actually free me up a little bit if you're hitting first and I just see your ball is fine, then I can sure. be like. I'm not like tightening up a little bit, like oh yeah. god, there's trees on my left here. I don't want to hit it in them, but that works for me. Also, going first could do that too. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know. just 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 knowing I'm going first. We got we have a comment yeah, here. Just, I think every time playing with a team, it's it's best just to be fluid and figure yeah. out what the rhythm of the team is. But it's 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 nothing worse than playing with someone worse than you who agrees to doing the fluid thing, but then has an opinion in the middle of the round of how the rotation should be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like, they're not even contributing themselves, but be based off of their confidence level, they want it done this way. And it's like, right. Okay. And then no one performs. And it's like, that wasn't the right thing to do. <laughs> Right. It's like yeah. it's always a blame. It's always a blame game. Yeah. Oh, we shouldn't have done that. Yeah. yeah. James D. We're two hours and twenty-five minutes into this. Wow. James D. James D. Is in here and says he needs Bo Hogue to turn up tomorrow. Makes I didn't sense. even know Bo Hogue is in the tournament. What uh, what place is he in, James D. I'm gonna look it up. That's pretty amazing. Two hours and. Two two and a half hours. We got somebody. Maybe in it's here a time. Out. Maybe it's a time slot thing. <laughs> Boho. Oh, geez. Three over. Well, did uh, he, James? Did he tee off in the afternoon? Because if he did, that morning should be a lot easier for him. Um. Let me see if I can find out. Group. Um, I suppose I have it too. I don't know how to tell. I got it. I got my spreadsheet up. Nine forty. Oh, he teed off in the morning. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> good luck, James. So he's screwed. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 three over. Let's let's be honest. On a resort course, you're kind of screwed. Well, he also Sorry. teed off in the morning where there was no wind. Right. Oh yeah. He said plus. He said plus three. Uh yeah, hopefully you got more than one lineup that doesn't have Bo Hogue in it. I didn't even know Bo Hogue was in the tournament, to be honest with you. Well, you know him and Tom Hogue are twins, right? <laughs> oh, because you say they're because you say their name the same because it's it's Tom Hogue and, and not Tom Hoagie. Yeah. Some people say their names wrong. <laughs> yeah, so I I can't remember if I commented on your tweet or not. 
I was going no, I think, to. I think I you liked it. But as yeah, I, I was listening to someone call uh, Joel Damon's name Domin, and I, I heard a pod. Well, it's Andy Lack. Andy Lack. It's like uh, I, I'm not sure if it's Damon or Domin. I, I heard people say it both ways. It's like, well, there's a fucking website you can go to to figure out <laughs> how to say their fucking name. It's Damon, and even I, I love how they do it. It's Day Man. They just Day Men. Yeah. They make it just very obvious for stupid people. Yes. Like me, who I just take wild guesses at people's names, but I don't, actually don't care. So true. Some people that's don't. The, that's the difference here. I will I'm not pretending to be a super good. Here's expert. a gripe that I have that I, I could add to the show. It's if you talk golf professionally or if you talk anything professionally, it is your duty, your responsibility to know how to pronounce people's names correctly or just words correctly. If you're making money talking into a mic, you need to know how to say the right things. And if you don't, that's fair. You should be criticized for it. <laughs> that is fair. So, but like this type of thing where there isn't a lot of money to be had and it's more of a hobby, not a big deal. Yeah. I mean, we, everybody, maybe not, maybe you are in the, in the group too, but everybody else on here has fully admitted that we love golf like to watch golf but as far as like going hardcore into like giving names and reasons and being like feeling like we're super important and we like we just don't care about it like whatever happens we know that like golf's pretty random so like what us diving in for let's just say it was me and you sitting here for two hours diving into the odds board and the DraftKings prices and shit for two hours and say, Oh, this, this guy's underpriced his strokes gain and blah, blah, blah. Like, but at the end of the day, once the tournament starts, it really nothing matters. So, and we're, none of us have time. Like <laughs> Chad has three kids. Eric has two kids. I have a kid. I've said, I don't do a whole lot with the kid at the moment, but have a kid and uh, my own business. So it's like, we don't we don't have the time to put into it to to even pretend like we care. So it's like, what what I mean, right? But like, but, could, but if that is what you're doing, as like you want to get paid to to do this, and like you're quitting your full time job to be in front of a camera on a microphone and spew strokes gain statistics to statistics at people, like, man, you know, you should probably know people's names. Yes. <laughs> You probably should, especially when they're <laughs> provided for you. Right. Yeah, true. <laughs> well, we got James. We I think James is still watching. People. Hey man, we got another watcher. Who's three. who's watching right now? There's three there's three people on here. I'm one of them. I'm one of them. Oh, oh, you're one. So there's another one. Who's who's give watching? us a comment? What are what are you saying? Since we've been sitting here for forever, just talk about our golf games. Yo, James, we already know you're here, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> who's the who's the other secret person? Hopefully it's like Chad or somebody. I know it would like, be funny if it was Chad. He just like got on here to be like, oh my god, these guys are still talking. That's two and a half hours in. This is pretty fun because I, I don't really do anything live. So like I I mentioned like two weeks ago of how to in, improve uh podcasting. And I said, watch video gamers. 
because most of those guys have this stuff down pat you know like they they're really good at communicating to their audience and you know doing the thing that they're doing all at the same time do you know what uh what gamers are actually really good at like the twitch gamers like i got my other screen here i just been going back and forth because we talked about this earlier with uh mr llama mm-hmm. and he's not doing it right now because he's doing like his competitive thing but like the Twitch streamers are really good at like playing their game or doing their thing and also seeing comments and chat. yeah the the main because like a lot of people do it themselves so the how the stream goes and how the product goes is basically just the person Mr. Llama whoever it is chats are coming in and then mm-hmm. content comes from the chat so I mean you're using honesty, people that are watching to run your show basically every single workday I will have certain streamers up and like I'm getting ideas based off of how they, how they do stuff. And I think if this boring ass fantasy golf industry were to just incorporate some of that stuff, it'd be so much better. And by the way, when we brought that up two weeks ago, how many people have been talking about that, about how like big T said it, on Twitter, Big he T was... blocks me, so I oh. I'm sad about that. Yeah, that's I don't know why either. But he mentioned it. He goes, "I'm so sick of this industry now. It's so oversaturated, or something to this effect." And everyone does the same thing over and over again. It's like, yeah, everyone does, because like the the building block that the Pat Mayo's and Rick Gaiman's of the world have uh, supplied is stat based, and it's all stroke gain right. stats, which are extremely flawed. But right. still, the best stats we have in golf. I'm not going right. to disagree with that. But they're still extremely flawed. For sure. And unfortunately, the sheep, most of us, listen to that and go, oh, yeah, that guy is gaining on approach. And this is a second shot right. golf course. This is going to be perfect for him. And then they miss the cut. Oh, variance. Right. Do you know variance. what happens to me because of that, by the way? <laughs> So I, I have my, obviously my spreadsheet that I post. So Pat Mayo and Rick Gaiman and Andy Lack and all those guys are putting all their stats. So they're like, this guy is the best in my model. And this guy's the best in my model. And then all the regular people that are watching them see all of that. And then, for example, this week, Gary Woodland's at the top, tippy top of everybody's list. He doesn't make it onto mine. So I got multiple people. They're coming to me like, well, how how is your how is your model work if Gary Woodland isn't on it? Basically? Yeah, Woodland was fifteenth <laughs> in my model, fifteenth. Yeah, and I'm like, well, like they do things different than I do, so like, right? It like just because you saw somebody else say something doesn't mean like I like I have to have that like the same results, like right? The, like how I'm doing things is different, and that's good because. It should be good anyway. It's it feels like it's not good to some people. Like they'll see it and they'll be like, they'll just brush it off. Like, oh, this guy's name isn't on there, so the the thing probably sucks. Or like, I had one week where uh, Satoshi was the number one dude in the model, and people just brush it off. They're like, well, this model sucks. How is Satoshi the number one guy? Or that week, John Rahm was like fifteenth or something. And like, people are like, well, he's not. He's not even the top ten. Like this model doesn't make sense. Well, it's like. It's because I'm not using the same things that the Pat Mayo's and the Rick Run Goods and all those dudes are using. I'm using different, different statistics, different ways I mean, of finding like ranking golf. Fit. 
essentially. Right, exactly. Yeah. I'm not I'm not trying to predict the so I think that's what when people are using strokes gain, I think what they're what seems like people are trying to do is they're literally trying to predict what the leaderboard's gonna look like. This, if this uh, guy's top in my model, I think this guy is going to win the tournament. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, if he's absolutely. second, I think he's going to get second place in the which tournament. Is, I think that's what's happening. But that's not what I'm doing. Right. And I agree with you. And I think that's really weird because so if you just look at all first of all, let me say this first. Your model, I kind of joked about this that three or four people are going to be inside the top 10 because yeah. that's it's what's most likely going to happen. But no matter what stat you look at, if you take the top 20 of whatever you're looking at, whatever that lineup is, I guarantee you, you're never going to have more than three golfers, no more than four, I should say, going to be inside the top 10. So right. if, if you're trying to look at your top 20 off the tee guys, your top 20 approach guys, your top 20 around the green, which that usually never really shows up uh, inside the top 10 or, right. or your top 20 putters, if you sort them from best to worst and you look at the top 20 at the end of a tournament, so th these are the stats leading into the tournament, how it will finish, you only have two golfers inside the top 10 most most of the time. Sometimes you have three and sometimes you have four, but most of the time right. you're just going to have two. So when my biggest thing, and this is why I do like my pods the way I do them, I dislike, and I think it's kind of disingenuous, where some people go, this is a second shot golf course, you want to look at approach. It keeps it super wide open, and I understand why people are saying that and why they're doing that. It's to not take responsibility, first of all, to say, hey, this is an important stat, and you should be looking at this. I think the the normal person is going to be like, okay, well, then I need to find my my best approach guys. And you're going to most likely be able to include five to six golfers inside that top 20 on approach in your lineup. And it For never sure. hits. And it never works out. And then it's like, well, it's variance. Golf is the hardest thing to predict. It's like, but you don't understand what these stats are. Like, that's my biggest right. issue. Most of the people in the industry don't know what these stats, how these stats are created. Nope. And and by the way, someone who has, how about a Bryson? He's gaining 1.7 strokes off the tee, and he's only gaining like 0 0.02 strokes approach. Like, has anyone ever done the math of what that is? <laughs> how that works, yeah. Per, per tournament or per round versus someone right. who has like 1.7 strokes approach and zero strokes, you know, off the tee. Does that equate right. to the same thing? I mean, and it, obviously it goes down to around the green and putting, but right. Bryson can be inside the top 10 on a second shot golf course, just as much as Justin Thomas, like, right. and you're going to see, and especially if like Bryson has a, a couple off weeks on approach where let, let's say he puts everything within 40 yards of the green and can't get it closer than eight feet. His approach stats are going to look terrible, yep. but he has eight foot putts. For birdie, right. that's right. not bad. No, <laughs> but it's just because he's from so close. So exactly, close. and like that's when I started like looking into it. I'm like, holy shit! <laughs> Are we really discounting like a Cameron Champ, a Dustin Johnson? Yes, all because their approach stats aren't good. Are you yes. fucking insane? People like, do. Yep. Oh man, that that stuff really just pisses me off. And those people at the top, 
of the podcast world and DFS golf don't ever explain this stuff for their audience. So they don't. Well, here's here's what I think. Why? Because I think uh, I don't think anybody like most golf ex- experts, the statistics people, I don't think they play golf or really the understand golf. Yeah, they're just they're just data I people. I totally agree so with they you. just they just get yep. numbers that come yep. into a database and they're yep. like, "Ooh, this is like I think this is what this kind of means because this is what like I've been told by other people." They don't yep. actually like you can scroll down to the like strokes gained approach on the PJ Tour website. You can scroll all the way down to the bottom. It'll tell you how it's calculated. Right. Or you can use the internet and actually what you know what should be a requirement. I just decided this just now if you're going to tout or use strokes gain st- statistics in any podcast or writing or anything you should be required to read mark brody's uh book that he wrote about strokes game yeah. <laughs> so you know what so you know what it means when you say x person gains four four and a half strokes off the tee for the whole weekend and X person loses two and a half for the weekend. You should know exactly what that means and how they got to it. Other than this is the number. Now let's move on. Mm-hmm. There's always a why and you don't ever get the why usually. Right. At and least not that. I mean, I don't watch a whole lot of things, but from what I know in the tweets I see, you don't get whys on things like that. So, well, that one, anyway. uh, one of the tweet threads that I had, it was like, what happens if someone hits it to 12 feet on every single approach shot and someone hits it to eight feet and they make the same percentage of putts? What, how many strokes gain do they lose on approach or not on? Well, yeah, on approach and how much do they lose on putting based off of whatever? Oh, I also then mentioned like distances too or whatever, something to that effect. And it's like, it doesn't matter like, don't get me wrong. Hitting it from eight feet or or putting it from eight feet is definitely advantageous than putting it from twelve feet. But you and I sure. have been on the golf course. A twelve footer and eight footer don't really look that much different. Nope. And statistically, they're worse than fifty percent. So it's really not that much different. Exactly. And and like if I if you hit an approach shot to eight feet and I'm behind you twelve feet and I hit my putt first, like. You get to read my putt. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I, I don't mean to mention this where you get to read my putt and you get an advantage over it. But right. our putts are of the same difficulty. Right. It's just four feet longer for me. Right. Depending on where it breaks, if it's downhill or uphill, it, it's the same difficulty. Right. So you and I are going to look at that twelve footer and the eight footer like it's it's negligible. Like your your advantage over me. And by the way, if you're really bad at hitting your short putts, like you have a if you can see the hole in your peripheral vision and it bothers you as a golfer, that's not advantageous for you. That 12 footer no. might be better for you than the eight footer. Like I'll, I, there's so much stuff that goes into golf. And I, I'm just saying all this to echo what you said. The data nerds don't really play golf. They, they don't, don't play know competitive golf. Definitely not. Like the strokes gain stats are more advanced, but you still can improve your golf game by counting how many fairways you hit, how many greens you hit, and how many putts it takes you to put it in the hole. Yep. And at the end of the day, when you calculate all that out, you can see what your deficiency is. Right. 
trying to calculate your strokes gained off the tee based off of distance and accuracy is fucking insane. Right. For most people. Right. You don't need to. If do you're that. if you're doing it for your own game, like for me, like if I I I use Arcos, so I'm yeah, getting. Yeah, so you can use an app. You don't have to calculate it yourself. Yeah, you I'm app. getting all of it, but also like I can look at those numbers and it'll tell me I was bad at approach or something, and I will know based on how I played the round. Like, yo, maybe I was. I'll also say, well, actually, I was kind of blocked out from a tree for a couple of holes or I was, or something else happened and I was actually like worse at other things mm-hmm. or like, I mean, you can, the stats only tell you so much based on what you know actually happened in real life. So it's like, only looking at distance and lie. It is. Yeah. And, and, and the stroke scan does take into account. Like if you are legitimately in the trees and punching well, out, it, it does it actually is based it. off of, but that this is the other the drawback with that. It calculates how the percentage offline you are from the hole. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then it also calculates the distance away. As long as you hit it, uh, at least forty-one percent of the way to the hole, it's not a recovery shot or something to that effect. Right. Yeah. Something like that. But yeah. if it's forty percent, then it's a recovery shot. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's. I mean, I, way, I agree. You, you there's only there's lose. just so many more things to look at that is yeah. other than just ooh stroke scan approach like that's how it is. But like you, I, there's uh, Scott Fawcett does the he's very big on your number of putts don't matter. He has tweets all the time. They're like, I had this many putts, and it, he'll do like a poll and be like twenty eight, thirty two, thirty five, forty. I had this many putts. What do you think my score was or something? And then he'll say he had like 40 putts and his score was like two up or something like that. So there is something to that, but there's also something to looking at how many putts you take and total putts and just saying this number is just obviously way too high. There's some right. There's a range somewhere in there that is a problem. Even even if it's from 20 feet, maybe you're three putting way too much. Like it could be a problem there. Or how many greens you're hitting. Like if you're just if you're hitting a lot of greens and you're three putting all the time, well, I mean, your, your strokes game putting numbers might actually not look that bad, but you could also just be like way better. So it's right. The, the very basic stats can be helpful just as much as strokes gain stats can be helpful, I think. And then taking it a step further into like, gambling on golf <laughs> like you you can use all that for trying to figure out how good golfers actually are it, right. at whether it's course fit or if you're just looking at how they're doing in the current tournament you can use all that to help you too so it's yeah i i, I mean i the answer's got to be somewhere in between like somewhere in the middle somewhere that you can you can take everything you possibly can. I mean, the, the very first thing you got to remember is these guys are good enough to be on the PGA Tour. So that's a start. Yeah, they <laughs> they can. They're they've won tournaments in their past, whether it's on the Corn Ferry or their junior careers, whatever. They know how to win. I um, hate the I hate the uh, the thing where some like female for example for a long time but i think people may still just say it about female that he's he chokes not a closer he's a choker yeah. he can't win but like 
this dude has won tons of times in his career, probably. So he never, it's not like he doesn't know how to do it. I mean, just golf is hard. It's like, well, you know what? You know what I think screwed people up for that. I think Tiger is a big problem there because okay. Tiger just gets into a position where he can win and then just wins. So <laughs> it all comes down to your putting, right? Like that if you too. think if you think about golf like the other sports, like you want the ball in MJ's hand at the end of a game because he knows how to get the ball in the hole. That's basketball. You right. can you can dominate with your physicality, you can you can dominate your opponent psychologically. It is it is there's so many like simplistic things that come with like a basketball or and not so much hockey but to some extent it's more simple than than golf um and all these other things like in golf all you can do is get the ball as close to the hole as possible yep and and then also try to make obviously try to make it but finau in that playoff with webb simpson at the waste management or the wm both hit the green on each of their holes it came down to Webb sinking like a what a 13 footer or something like that. And Fino had an 18 footer. Fino just couldn't put the ball in the hole. That doesn't mean he choked. No, he didn't right. snipe one into the water. You know, like right. he didn't snipe one into the stands. They both had birdie putts. He just couldn't convert his. Same right. applies with Patrick Cantley at the WM Phoenix Open against Scheffler. They both had the same fucking approach shot, the same putt that they just had you know, in their last playoff right. hole. And Scheffler goes up, he being the first putter, makes it, and then Cantley can't make it. But he he's, he burned the edge. Golf is like, your misses, if you miss by a quarter of a degree, like, especially with a putt, depending on how, your di- how far your distance is, is how much you're going to miss left or right. right. So if he just barely missed his mark, depending on how far back he is, he's going to miss an inch left, an inch right. You know, that's that's what golf is. For sure. So Tiger was such a fantastic putter where he knew where the break was. He knew, first of all, he knew when he had to hit a firm putt. He knew when he had to hit a finesse putt. He knew how to read the break with more pace, with less pace. Like, he knew how to do all of that. He... Everything in that guy's head and everything that he sees, that was kind of like what we were talking about last week with creativity. He's so fucking creative. Like, mm-hmm. you don't see that because we just see the physicality of what right. Tiger's doing. He's striking a golf ball on every one of his shots, and that's all we see. You can't see what's going up, going on up in here. Right. So, yeah, you're right. Tiger's, like, ruined it for everyone for that's sure. whatever. But we also you gotta admire like like everyone talks about his will to win. There is that, but it comes with his knowledge of how to play, right? And, like, for sure, on what to do, right? Everyone, it's, everyone says there's the it factor. There, yeah. there is an it factor. There's people that can just something in their brain just somehow works. Where there's like, if I'm gonna make it, like I'm gonna make it. But that's only part of it. There's so much IQ, sports IQ, behind all of the stuff that happens. Like, the it factor isn't most of it. It's just part of it. Mm-hmm. 
I will say and this with competitive golf. I don't know how much you've experienced. It's with everything, to be honest. But if, basketball, whatever, right. it doesn't matter. But if, if, you, if you're playing competitive golf and you're in the last group and it's you and another guy, and maybe it's not even so much last group, maybe you're in like the first flight or whatever, and, and you, you're playing your opponent, there is a level of concentration and focus like that. For sure. You can get more acute. You can get more narrow, yeah. you know, and and when you see a putt, you're like that. That's the line, yep. and you just hit it. You just know yep. it, and it's because you're so much more in tune with what's going on. Whereas if yep. you and I go and we just crack a bunch of McGoldens or whatever, by the time I hit the twelfth hole, I mean it's probably gonna, you're going to have to drink like three more beers before you <laughs> get to the point where I'm at. I'm going to be all fuzzy headed, and I'm just going to be like, I don't really fucking care if I make this yeah. putt, you know. Like there's there's those differences now when it comes to these guys on tour, it, it definitely comes down to the end for them. For sure. Like the, the last few holes, and and I can't say Fino doesn't have it. He just he sucks at putting. He's so bad at putting. It's bad. So I, really I would bad. I would never depend on him to win a golf tournament because he just his his stroke looks fucking shaky as hell. He, it just doesn't look like he has it. it he, there's something weird with him when it comes to putting. It is weird. I, and I always wondered. There, I mean, there are just bad putters all over the place. Uh, well, let's say it this way. Uh, uh, compared to other professional golfers, there are bad putters everywhere. Mm-hmm. Finau, Gary has been a notoriously bad putter. Luke <laughs> List, notoriously bad putter. Oh, yeah. Like This is their job. So... I've always wondered if, like, when they go to practice, let's just say they got they're putting eight hours a day into practice. They probably are not. They're probably a couple hours in the gym, a couple hours doing something. Else. So they're probably four hours or so, probably practice every day. Would be my guess. Mm-hmm. So you're going to they're going to practice. They know they could. I'm sure they watch their rounds. They watch stuff. People tell them all this their statistics. So, like Tony, for example. He is not stupid. He knows that he is a dog shit putter. Mm-hmm. So when he goes to practice tomorrow, is is he going to the range and just banging drivers and banging a, banging wedges and saying, "I here's the deal. Like I know I suck at putting. I'm just going to try and make everything I'm good at better to try and offset that." Because if you're if you're an insanely good wedge player and you make that better. So now you're hitting is now you're now you're at 100 yards and you're instead of hitting it to 15 feet, you're hitting it 12 feet. And now you're making a couple extra putts and that makes your scores better. Mm-hmm. Is is that what he is trying to do or does he know that he is dog shit at putting? And is he spending all four hours tomorrow on the putting green saying, I need to get this better. Otherwise, I will never win. I feel like. What I feel like is happening is he's doing. I, he and everybody else are just doing what they're good at and trying to make that better, rather than saying, "My God, I can't roll a four footer in. I'm just going to see if I can make sure I can hit it to two feet so I can make that one." If, yeah, it feels like that's what they do, but I don't know for sure. I think there's it's, a little. It's just weird, like year over year over year <laughs> over year. It's just bad yeah. forever. Right? How does it not get better? It, I yeah I I mean the more and and this is probably too simplistic of a thought process but like 
the more I spend on the greens, the better of a putter I am. So I don't get obviously how he can't get better because or anybody at anything. I, I will say this. He looks awkward in general, and I don't know if it's because he's just a tall guy with the gangliest looking fucking arms possible. Yeah, like he could be he could be like six five with a seven foot wingspan. You know how weird that is in golf? It's very weird. I yeah, got pretty exactly. long arms. I look pretty weird playing golf. So like putting, <laughs> just having those long levers, probably not so great when it comes to putting. And in all right. reality, I think what would be best for him is if he just had a, a heavy ass putter. Where maybe he's already uh, messing around with that. Maybe he already has. Um, but it just seems... And the one thing I hate about Tony's swing is he's so handsy. Like, if you watch his his routine, he just feels it in his hands, and it's like, okay. Yeah. And I think that's why he can't full swing it. Because if he did, he, he, he'd he be doing too many things with his hands in his golf there's, swing. There's And there's too much... Like, if... And maybe this is my problem, too, because I have pretty long arms. Once you start getting all the way up here, there's a long fucking way to go from here oh, yeah. to here. Yeah. And if you and just he, stop right here, not a whole lot of places to go right. and think that can be moving around. And he's strong as fuck. So he's he can be here. Obviously, he is. Just be here and just smash it as far as he right. wants. Like, yep. And, yeah, maybe that is the problem with, with the putter, too. It's just the limbs <laughs> the limbs are too long there's just too much stuff going on i don't know yeah i, I it is you know what he should you know what he should do try the uh try the broomstick he, hey okay so that's what i was going to say minus the heavy putter having a longer putter just adds that weight anyways right just naturally and i think he should have a longer putter like when i his putter when, looks really fucking short <laughs> it does and he makes it worse by doing the left hand low or at right. least he was doing that for a while. Yeah. So now he looks like he's even further down, you know, like <laughs> gripping it. So yeah, I, I agree with you. I think try something, man. Get a ma- oh, he did have a mallet for a while. He had a an ugly yeah, ass putter. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That's that's when he was doing like I think he was doing the uh the the pencil grip for a while with that, I think, or something like that. And that's not terrible for someone who's really handsy. That kind of takes no. your I hands did it for a while. It. Yeah. It was it worked, but it's you don't have much touch from very far away. No, that that is that was my problem, and I don't hit it very close. Yeah, I, well, I, I, didn't, I didn't used to anyway. I, I think when now. Phil did that, when Phil started doing that, he uh, he did all of his long putts from like twenty feet or thirty feet and longer. He just gripped it traditionally, normal. Yeah, and then when he got closer, I thought that was a smart a smart move. Yeah, I, I like that too. I thought that was cool. Yeah, I don't know who fucking knows. All right, man. I'm gonna get going. Yeah, three hours. Gotta, we can keep it under three. <laughs> I got Yeah, we, we tried to keep it under one last time. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I gotta go to the bathroom anyway. So. All right, man. And uh, Mr. Llama, they're now doing Ubers and hell bales. So. Oh, hey. By the way, if you want some streamers to watch that are cool on Diablo Two. Yeah. Uh, Bar- yeah. Give me the names. Barricade TTV. He's like Doctor Disrespect, just for Diablo. Super entertaining. I don't know. If that's your your jam, you'll have to let me know. But he's I'll a nice it. dude. He gives away a lot of shit. Um, if you want some hardcore gamers, uh, Dark Humility is one. He is. I think he has. Uh, he has something. He does some weird shit, like like uh, behavioral wise. So I don't know if he has like that's fine. Yeah. Well, no. He's a he's a really smart dude. 
Yeah, uh, it's just that he might be a little weird to watch sometimes because he's literally doing this while he's playing, like his head just like <laughs> yeah, yeah, all I get over. It. Um, him. Um, I think if you start following them, you'll you'll start following some of the other guys that are the other guys, cool. yeah. Like, uh, there's a Norwegian that I I found somehow. His name's Future Real, so it's like the word future and then A L at the end of it. Oh, did you say dark humility? By the way. Yeah, he's a. Uh, I'm just looking over on my screen here. He's like the number one recommended channel for me right now. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> and he, he's very informative. And actually, uh, a lot of my hardcore stuff from uh, pre ladder, he did a giveaway, and he'll say, "Okay, the first ten people to type this in the chat get to." Oh no, he'll just he'll give the password out for the game, and then if you can get in there, and then he drops like vex runes. Jeez. Uh, ohm runes like he was he was dropping ohm runes at one time he was dropping a lot of good shit so like i got a lot of good stuff that's nice uh from him he's cool uh i think barricade is just softcore futurial is uh he's hardcore high time h-y-t-y-m-e he's another hardcore guy usually um he also gets stoned i mean high time <laughs> uh, so that's his big thing. I get it. Zegers is another cool one. He's uh he's he's another softcore guy, but I think if you stick with those guys, and Inferno, Inferno E-N-P-H-E-R-N-O. He's another good one to follow. He's also hardcore most of the time. Um, he was the first person to or he was the the fastest holy grail in D2 resurrected. Ooh. Yeah, hardcore. So right, right, right. He, uh, I was what I actually watched that stream when he got it. Maybe he, he needed to get Tyrael's might, which if you watch any of the Holy Grails, it's right. always that's the last one of the last yep. items. Yep. Um, and he was doing a hork barb, um, and got it. It was cool. Jeez. So yeah, I think those are the most the main guys. There's there are other ones, but um, at least that's a start. And I can't stand some of the other guys. Uh, the pronunciation thing, by the way, also bothers me with some of these guys. <laughs> yeah, right. So, yep. like, I, some I people yeah. who call burr runes bear runes, I I, I call them bear runes. You call them bear runes too? Yeah. Why? I don't know. <laughs> I I don't think there's I don't, any, know. <laughs> I don't think there's any lore in Diablo that says that they're. I don't what think they ever be, say yeah. any of the names. Yeah, but if. I think if any linguistic were to listen to Diablo, they'd realize <laughs> that it's mostly an American you yeah, know, for sure. pronunciation. And if you think of any word that's that either ends with B-E-R or starts with B-E-R, if there's not a vowel that follows it, it's always burr. Right. But like berry is a word that is bear when it's B-E-R, but that's because you have a vowel that, that follows well, there's a word I think called berry berry, and it's B E R I B E R I, something like that. And it's only pronounced that way because there's a vowel that follows the B E R. Anyways, yep. um, that's me nerding out with linguistics because <laughs> that stuff bothers the shit out of me when people yep. can't say things right. Yeah. But anyway, okay, actually, I have to I have to get off now. Yeah. All right, man. Okay, I'll talk to you later. Adios. It was fun. Oh, yeah.